Uh, wow, that was a rousing edition of um, that song from this movie. That, uh, uh, Miser Lou. Ah, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's called Miser Lou. Then which one is Surfer Rider? Surfer Rider's the end one, then. Yeah, Surfer Rider's a different song. Miser Lou's okay. that, that one. Yeah. I know that from Guitar Hero 2. Oh, Ooh. that's awesome. Um, yeah. Hey, boys and girls and non-binary folks and everyone in everyone. Uh, yeah. Goats. Uh, <laughs> all <laughs> species of being. Welcome to our podcast. This is called Prequel, Sequel, Remake, where we write the prequels, sequels, and remakes to movies that don't have them and never needed them. And, you know, there's two main categories of movies that we'll do on a show like this. The first are movies that are so bad, they definitely don't need a prequel, sequel, or a remake. Because there shouldn't have been a first one. (laughs) The second category is movies that are just so good in the one movie that they've never even warranted even thinking about a sequel, really. Maybe a sequel in spirit, or like some nods down the line, which... You know, definitely happen. Right, right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. or uh, these types of movies are usually made by some sort of auteur who you know won't won't allow it to be made into a sequel. And that is the movie that we are covering today. That's right. It is Pump Up the Volume, starring Christian Slater. It's a oh, oh nice. Oh wait, sorry, no, uh, wrong movie. It's a it is alphabetical. It's P U. Uh, Pulp Fiction! Pulp Fiction! Pulp Pulp fucking fiction, folks. Uh, I'm glad we got here. We're like 40 fucking episodes in, and we finally got to this wonderful 90s classic. Yeah, and it is that. It is. It is actually a classic movie. For once. (laughs) This is one of those movies where we're going to be able to tell people what movies you do on your podcast, and we'll be able to say, oh, you know, Pulp Fiction, and they'll be like, oh, that sounds badass, instead of me going like, oh, you know, Waterworld and Kazam, <laughs> no, and, no, 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 no. and they're just watching their eyes fucking glaze right over. Waterworld, take that back about Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld is the benchmark episode of this show, and the foundation <laughs> in which this, this podcast was built upon. Fair enough. Um, oh my god, I mean, the anger. For the, that is more passion for Waterworld than any Anyone on that set had except for maybe Kevin Costner. I was gonna say Kevin Costner definitely had that. Oh, yeah. uh, people really, uh, people really love Waterworld. Anyway, um, Pulp Fiction, 1994, which 1994 did not know it was that early. Thought it was a little bit later. Yeah, I was I, surprised. I was looking in my little um, um, special edition DVD set thing, and there's a whole bunch of little like movie. But apparently it swept Sundance. Everything else was a complete bore that year. 
And then Quentin Tarantino's like, let me turn it up a fucking notch, you little fucking motherfuckers. Because, you know, he would yeah. say the fuck like three times yeah. in a sentence. And, it, yeah. and this kind of spurred that whole like indie wood like era of, of Hollywood, where it's like a lot of these like indie directors are getting, um, getting a lot of, um, I don't know, attention. Yeah. I don't know, li- uh, industry uh, lingo. But anyway, this film is directed, in case you didn't fucking know, by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, and it stars John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Bruce Willis, Uma Thurman, countless other players that we've seen before. And, lots of uh, character actors. A lot of Yeah, them. lots of character actors. There's a lot of great, a lot of great characters, character actors and characters in this uh, film. But um, it's, it's everyone's favorite Quentin Tarantino film and dorm room poster. Uh, Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield, Travolta and Sam Jackson, respectively, operate in the world of organized crime under their boss, Marcellus Wallace, Ving Rhames, who's just wonderful. Oh, he's great. The gang gets in all sorts of crazy quinky dinks, including blowing the back off someone's skull, enjoying a big kahuna burger, and the Bonnie situation. Bruce Willis plays a boxer, Uma Thurman plays a failed TV actress, and current cokehead. But what are we doing briefly summarizing Pulp Fiction for? You've either seen this movie, or it's been long enough that you've said you've seen this movie and just want us to move along. Yeah, and on top of that, there's really no quick way to summarize. I mean, I guess what we just had is about as quick as you could (laughs) summarize it, because it's a very... Well, despite all the long segments of of dialogue, it's, it's a lot. A lot of nuanced, interlacing plots going on here. Yeah. And, uh, it's very unconventionally out of order. There's sort of like a big first foray into that. Yeah, definitely. As far, as far as I know. How do you, how do you, uh, well, uh, Reservoir Dogs has a little bit of that. You're getting oh, little okay. pieces yeah, you're of right. information with the, like, the, the guys speaking to the boss. Is it Joe in Reservoir Dog? You, you, you get little bits later. That's true. In the movie. Okay. I shouldn't say it's the first one to do it, but, but yeah, it's definitely very successfully does it. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong, because you guys probably would know better than me, but isn't this considered like the circular narrative structure where it kind of like yeah. all, all, okay. Yeah. It all kind of <laughs> comes back around at the end. I like to think of it as like a big pretzel bun. <laughs> and, you know, all the pieces, they all interlock. And then when you bake it, they all glue together into one big bun. I mean, it looks like there's a lot to different. I mean, Peter, I shouldn't even be saying that you are obviously the bread expert. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that was, um, you know, not a great description of a pretzel bun. A uh, better description of a pretzel. Um, so, you know, you oh. want to just amend your metaphor. He, said, he, means, wow. he means shut the fuck up. Oh, okay, I will amend my metaphor and say this movie's got more than uh, more turns than a pretzel. There we more go. More than two turns. <laughs> um, so, so I, I, I think it really works for this movie. That could be really annoying um, in other movies. A lot of other films have adopted that, um, and and it sometimes unnecessarily like like convolutes a film just to seem edgy or, or deep. But mm. I really love it when when everything starts clicking together and you're, those aha moments in this. It's it's wonderful, and I don't think it's like uh, there's no like just huge. For the most part, all this stuff kind of like can, can exist in the order it's presented. Uh, uh, you know, this movie obviously takes a page out of like pulp novels. You know, mm. shitty, trashy uh, uh, movies from the or, or books and 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 stories from uh, rooted in the world of crime. Um, so each chapter kind of feels like its own edition or or whatever. Um, just another slice of life, you know, of these really terrible, for the most part, people. Oh, yeah. In, oh, yeah. Uh, L.A., you know. Th- these are all. They all coexist, and uh, they're all, they're all full of crime. <laughs> it's, it's, they're, they're, they're hardcore motherfucking <laughs> criminals, and um, uh, I don't think there's actually a single cop in the fucking movie. 
I don't think we see cops at all, which is kind of um, good. I fucking hate the cops. <laughs> Fuck the pigs. <laughs> but we do see Tarantino himself. Um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we, we do. do. Oh man, and then some. Man, oh, it's like he's always been funny looking, but compared to what he looks like now, um, man. The years have not been kind to the poor guy, which I shouldn't <laughs> like, be so mean on someone's fucking appearance, but it's some rich white man. I, well, the cares? thing is, he's, I, he's I'll fine. give it to him. He's just he's very unique looking. Like, he's a very, yeah. he has his very exaggerated features. And, like, he he's does, like, yeah. and which makes him, I mean, it just makes him more him, you know? He doesn't look <laughs> like some fucking run of the mill fucking pasty white guy. He looks like fucking Quentin Tarantino and that's who he looks like. Right, uh, which right. is, you know. No mistaking him for that. No, um, no, no. Um, but anyway, before we get into it, uh, uh, what's everyone's ex first experience with a Quentin Tarantino movie? Because everyone has a story. Everyone has a per personal, you know, feeling towards him. What, what was the first thing you guys ever saw of his? Um, I think mine was uh, From Dusk Till Dawn. Oh, uh, which is something that he co-stars in, and he, he co—I think he co-wrote it or co-wrote it with with Robert Rodriguez, mm -hmm. who directed it. Obviously, they paired up later with the whole Grindhouse affair, which is a lot of fun too. That but is uh, a lot of fun. yeah, from oh, Dust yeah. Till Dawn again. That's a movie—you know—we won't get too far into it, but it does amazing things with the writing, where you know it flips midway yeah. genre of a movie <laughs> that blew my fucking mind when it happened. I was oh, like, yeah. is it really going to happen? And and then you realize they were kind of, they were really leading up to it quite a bit as soon as they get to that bar. But uh, yeah, just fucking great, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it was probably shortly thereafter that I graduated on. And I think Pulp Fiction was probably the next one. And uh, then the rest, you know, yeah. uh, followed suit. Peter, uh, what about you, bud? Uh, for me, um, Reservoir Dogs was actually my first Tarantino experience. Um, it actually discovered it by way of Kevin Smith, uh, because, like, I think Clerks came out around the same time, and, like, him, Robert Rodriguez, and Tarantino um, all, like, were first part of, like, the Weinstein Company, which now is just like, ooh, in retrospect. But, um, yeah, they all came up together, and I was listening to some god-awful Kevin Smith DVD commentary, probably Mallrats, um, and he had mentioned <laughs> Reservoir Dogs, and he was like, oh, I should watch this. Um, and I bought it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bought it at Suncoast Video with one of their, like, two-for-ten DVD sales, which uh, gives oh, you man. an indication that Suncoast Video was gonna not be long for this world. <laughs> um, you and I are one of the same, my friend. Kevin Smith says I should check this out. Oh, I, yeah. Would have been VHS I, I just fucking time, do that. Though. Well, not well, for no, us. I mean, yeah, I checked it but out. But for yeah. Kevin Smith, did Kevin Smith wait that long to watch it, or no, no, no? He no, was just it was like recommend he, yeah, he was talking about. Oh, it later. oh, yeah, that's yeah. how you picked it up. It's like you got to figure. <laughs> it's like you know, Clerks and all this stuff. It, it's like early not. It's like we were five when Pulp yeah. Fiction came out, and, yeah, and yeah. Clerks for that matter. It's yeah. like all oh, that shit is like late nineties. I'm discovering it early two thousands when there are for the first DVDs. And God, I, I gobbled up those commentary tracks. I totally oh, yeah. know what you're talking about, though, Peter. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely say though, my first foray into Tarantino. I maybe caught bits of Pulp Fiction on TV, but I went to the theater to go see Kill Bill. And oh, boom, nice. That's the one. Man, that oh, is... a theater experience. That's fucking else, yeah. great. I was like, well, I should probably watch the rest of these guys, this guy's movies. Yeah. Now, um, uh, yeah, Kill, Kill Bill, volume one. That was, that was so memorable for me. Um, and that's... There's like two sides to the Tarantino coin. Like, um, sometimes he'll have these really rich movies with just like wonderful dialogue. And then sometimes he really leans into like the the, the grindhouse type thing, which I think is, that's kind of Kill Bill, 
definitely uh, definitely more in that death proof kind of um corner of like this is just this is just trash elegant trash in its own way wonderful um mm. but then like like i think like something like pulp fiction uh, once upon a time in hollywood uh uh reservoir dogs definitely jackie brown those are a lot more um there's a, there's a much more of a sweetness to it maybe maybe not so much well, I, I get what you're saying yeah. i mean it's kind of like it alternates between like hardcore bombastic action and like more of a crime drama right. slower pace kind of thing yeah nonetheless there's there's still crime happening here. There's crime, every, yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> this is a <laughs> which which I will say, and you know, this has probably got to be addressed. And probably everybody agrees, or maybe everybody doesn't. But you know, when we were coming up as kids, at least through the peripheral, you you heard about Quentin Tarantino. Oh, it's so violent, violent, whatever. whatever. Oh yeah. Oh. Now here's what I'll say: Quentin Tarantino loves movie violence mm-hmm. because nobody loves fucking making movies more than Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, you could just see it written on him. The man is not like a, a real violence man. Just get that out of the way, you know. I, and I don't think any, none of the violence in his movies really makes me go like, God, fuck. It's like there's a certain level of disconnection to it. Like, it's just it's movie violence. It's not like a, a horror movie where sometimes like, oh, that knife is penetrating someone and that's awful. Like, it's like I don't know. It's just very squibby. Super right. red blood. I don't know. There's something too. I mean, I get it. you don't want your fucking kid watching it. Yeah, little little kid. But um, it's cartoony. I, it's really cartoony for the most part. Like in Kill Bill, when she the bride like cuts that like woman's arm off, she's got like a tiny yeah. little stump that's like completely disproportionate <laughs> to like it's what an spraying, arm would have. <laughs> yeah, spraying fucking everywhere. Yeah, uh, like, it, it, which yeah. is like you could see why he later gets pissed off in that one famous interview it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. always asking him about it and that's just because you know he has these over the top but it is it's very cartoony action and it's like alright you want to talk about violence what about like war real life violence it's all a billion times worse than any one of yeah. those movies could oh, ever absolutely. possibly be and he's not trying to like you know exaggerate it for the wrong reasons it's just like it's just showing you a good time in a movie. It's a it's a fun time. Everybody chill the fuck out. It, chill it, out. It is kind of a problem though for his movies because it does lead to this, especially his newer films where you're just kind of waiting for it all to go down. Well, that's the, yeah. which is fine, but I mean, it, I, it, yeah. yeah, you come to expect. Well, you'd be it. kind of disappointed if nothing came down. Yeah, you know, yeah, you like would. that's what you're in the fucking theater. I, I, for. I, man, I love his dialogue though. Um, uh, I will say I, 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 I take more issue with like his language more so than oh, violence because he leans. That's where I was going with yeah, that. Yeah, 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 for like. A white dude, he leans on the N-word pretty hard in almost all of his movies. Like, it's kind of, it's pretty yeah. disconcerting. Uh, this one, um... This one's not that it's pretty bad. High. It's, pretty, it's pretty high up there. It's pretty I mean, bad. It's, well, it's, not, it's, not, it's not Django. It's, yes, not, Django it's not Django level. That's the thing. Post-Django, all of them look less bad in comparison. Um, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of a good place to start with yeah. my feelings on the matter. Django, it's kind of the territory. And it is. I don't know. It it's is. kind of like it, I, it would be pretty offensive if there wasn't that. Pulp Fiction. There, okay, so like uh, we're starting with the beginning of the movie, like uh, the prologue in the diner with um, Pumpkin and Honey Bunny. It's yeah. just like Tim Roth is like slurs. <laughs> One right. after another, like right at the get go. It's like and like while I do believe a scumbag shitty character would talk like this. Man, it's unnecessary. It's, it's like kind of sucks the fun out of everything else, yeah, in a way yeah. to me. And in, I'm not gonna way, say yeah. like it, it personally offends me as a black person all, all the time, but it does make me kind of wince 
at Tarantino. It's the one thing where I'm kind of like, come on, dude. Right, Especially right, right. later on, which we'll get to uh, in the Bonnie situation with poor dead Phil Lamar. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, dead, yeah. you know, whatever storage. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just like, don't get me wrong. As a, as a teenager, I thought that fucking whole interaction was just hilarious. And everyone's edgy at some point. Not Everyone's edgy at some point and just doesn't give a fuck. It's like, whatever, it's all jokes. But now, to me, it really is. A, I'm gritting my teeth. It's just like, God, yeah. you could have just not done that. And um, it, it does. I mean, for such a classic movie, even probably at the time, I think it cheapens. I mean, I get it. I get that he's going for these are bad people and bad people use slurs because they're racist, you know, like I get that. But that's the same thing Stephen King does when he wants to paint a character as a bad guy in one of his books. He's just like, well, I'm just going to make him drop the N word a whole bunch of times because that'll mean he's a bad guy. And like, don't like, get me wrong. It's just, it's, I wouldn't say lazy writing, but it's unnecessary. I, I, I didn't write the movie. So, there, there, there's, there's a difference uh, between writing writing for a character like Jules Winfield and having him naturally use uh, uh, slurs that would be okay for a black man, Samuel L. Jackson, at that to say. <laughs> yeah. But then, th- but then when you have like uh, like all your white characters just casually dropping n bombs, uh, I don't know. It, it does bother me a lot more now as a, a grown fucking man, and I don't know. I'm glad I'm glad that we, we got this out of the way throughout the, the, the game. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it's like it's um, just it's one of the bigger criticisms. I mean, we got basically his two biggest criticisms out of the way, which is the the language and the violence. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then maybe and then maybe like relying a little bit too much on you know classic pulp styles for his movies. But I mean, it's. It's they're still his own. I, I it, it doesn't bother me as much as some film critics. Like it's no, yeah. I, you know, I, I'm with you, man. Um, because yeah, a lot of them like he, there's a lot of accusations of him stealing. You know, uh, uh, uh oh, fuck, what was the movie? He used some Ennio Morricone music in one of the his film. I think it was Django, and it was like one of his songs written for an old like '60s spaghetti western. And Ennio Morricone was just like, what the fuck, man? You can't just do that. Like, I mean, he most certainly can. He, no, he did. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but. You think he paid for it? Oh, yeah. He had to Eventually. Pay. But, but, but there is. I could see being a composer who wrote this, like, piece of music for a movie you did 50 fucking years ago being just used in, like, a flashy, you know, pulp cinema movie. Kind of pissing you off. Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I mean, maybe. And because I haven't watched a ton of, like, the sort of low budget 70s sort of 16 millimeter action movies that were just getting pumped out during you know late 60s and 70s like, i haven't really i haven't because they're not very accessible i have not watched a lot of those Fuck. i i think what i think is is he's probably it's probably all an homage to that style they're yeah. probably dropping you know racial slurs all over the place oh you oh, know? oh, and yeah. So oh yeah man it, yeah, it could just be that he's like honing in on the style but again yeah. It's still the 90s. Well, right. it was still the 90s. When you start <laughs> seeing... There's a lot of uh, weird hate speech in the yeah. 90s that was very acceptable at the time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's not... I mean... Uh, we don't have to go too far. <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, luckily, no. I wouldn't say, like... Uh, I can't think of too much homophobia in Tarantino movies, which is good. But, I mean, I'm sure it's fucking there if someone were to bring it to light. Um, yeah, it's true. I can't when, think when, Once you start, head. like, seeing a bunch of old movies and realizing where Tarantino pulls from, you're kind of like, God damn it. Man, wish I would have thought of, you know, <laughs> yeah, pull right. all this stuff. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh, God, this is an old samurai 
movie from ah, maybe the mm, late seventies, early eighties, but it's just like that's that's where you get all that Kill Bill. That's just Kill shit. Bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. He's just like all right, let's uh, mold this a little bit. Django is just a movie already. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it has the theme song and the font. <laughs> like yeah. it's it's. Uh, uh, but that means I mean I'm, t- I'm I I really like Tarantino. I'm I'm yeah. not trying to like uh, yeah, dra- yeah yeah. But not that the guy needs me defending him. Right? <laughs> no no no. There, there, there Chances are, of him actually listening to our podcast are. I'd say about like 75% yes, he will listen to our podcast, and maybe like <laughs> 25% maybe. These prequels. There's definitely no way boys. he's never going to hear this. So, hi. <laughs> hi. Hi, Tarantino. Hi, Quentin. What's up, buddy? Um, Love your movies. Um, but I will, yeah. I, will, I will go ahead and say, before we dive into like actually talking about Pulp Fiction, uh, uh, his latest Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think is fucking awesome. And I think, mm-hmm. um, I think it shows him evolving quite a bit as a filmmaker. And um, it really rejuvenated my interest in him. Because um, Hateful Eight's cool, but, you know. It's like a fucking play. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wow. Way yeah. to just like shit pool. on theater for no reason, man. No, I like struggling. theater. Well, actually, theater to, is to be fair, man. <laughs> man, to be fair, come on, Pierre, you know you're more of the musical theater type. Uh, yeah, well, you're a musical theater type, too. I'm just might be. Yeah, no, I know. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, how often do you go see a fucking like just a straight play? play, oh, play. Oh, I'm going to the theater. I want to go see people <laughs> dancing and singing and shit. It's true. I have not seen a straight play since. Ooh, it's. I saw yeah, James I Franco in Of Mice and Men. <laughs> oh, wow. what was that? Uh, it was good. Uh, I think it was Chris O'Dowd was Lenny. I, oh, it was it was it was decent. Huh. I don't know. I was in New York. It was like the cheapest thing. To fucking go <laughs> see, um, so uh, and, apparently, like when they when he was uh, Quentin Tarantino was writing the movie. It was right after he had finished Reservoir Dogs, and he went to Amsterdam and was there for like three or four months just drinking a bunch of coffee, uh, probably smoking a bunch of hash, and, you know, I couldn't say what else, but just sent back, you know, the person who helped him put it all together to the script, just rambling, rambling pages, just tons and tons and tons of stuff, and just, like, littered with, like, misspellings and random stuff. Oh, man. And and so it was just, like... A huge catalog of stuff, and then so that's kind of interesting. And then they kind of distilled it all down into you know the concentrate, the pulp, if you will. Ah, pulp there fiction. you go. Well, yeah. you, you know what I do enjoy is his first three, which would be Reservoir, Pulp, and then Jackie Brown's. Like they are, they are all of the same world. Not counting Tree Romance. Oh, uh, uh, Oliver Stone directed that one, right? Yes, but, he, but I mean, he, he wrote, wrote it. It's, it's, it's in the yeah. collection. It's in like his box set. So. Right, right, right. Yes. Right. Although I would say, yeah, let's start with the ones that he. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. No, no, those like L.A. crime movies all definitely feel like from the same world. Uh, well, they're all from L.A. Is, which is fu- yeah, it's not a fucking far stretch of the imagination for any of that to happen. No, really. No. In fact, uh, uh, Samuel Jackson's role in Jackie Brown is almost distracting, given like he was just Jules and he's just being a very Jules-like character again. <laughs> uh, what was most distracting was all the hair pieces on him. <laughs> why, we don't have to get I into know, it. But why does he have a big long ponytail? I why know. does he have a little goatee thing under his lip? It looks, why? It looks so bad and I really think it was just like for them to try to go as far away from Jules as possible it's like motherfucker like you didn't have to do that (laughs) oh I don't know what that is Jesus Uh, we didn't have to do that so we start with the prologue at the diner and Honey Bunny and Pumpkin who are Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer um 
I don't know in which order. <laughs> I don't know. Who, I think pumpkin is. Well, Tim uh, Roth. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Tim Roth is Tim Roth pumpkin. Is pumpkin. Um, She's honey yeah. bunny. Yeah. And they're chatting about like logistics of different places to rob, uh, and kind of like, oh yeah, no, one, you know, th- th- this kid at the cashier, the cashier at the diner isn't gonna give a fuck. They're not gonna throw their life away to stop you from robbing the place. I don't know. They're rambling. It's rambly t- Tarantino dialogue. It's like him talking to himself almost. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> you definitely read both his voices. And- r- right. Right. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it culminates in them robbing the place. Before we cut to opening credits and titles, uh, this comes back around, obviously, because this is essentially the last scene of the movie as well. Not chronologically the last scene in the tale, but Mm -hmm. but but this comes back around. uh, Little do we know at that point, but, you know, because you've seen this fucking movie (laughs) is uh, that Jules and um, Vincent are there in the diner in their. Santa Cruz gear, which is wonderful. I always love that. Uh, you got, you got just, uh, you, you can't help but wince at those racial slurs that just flow so, so freely out of Tim Roth's mouth. Yeah, um, I think it's everything but an M bomb, and it's just uh, lovely. Um, so then we get um, the wonderful Pulp Fiction song, which Peter, you said earlier, but I've already fucking forgot. Uh, it's Miserloo. And I'm pointing at you even though you're not here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the way no it's in. Any of you fucking pricks, move! Oh, she's... I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you! But Pharaoh, it freezes before she even, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I just like it. That's cool, yeah. It is real cool. Um, but, and I really love, okay, so the song's going, and then the radio changes it in the middle. Mm. Uh, which oh, yeah, is yeah. Like super dope. It's, yeah, and it's like, ass. and it changes it from, like, two, between two great songs. So, like, Thanks. it's not, like, yeah. the energy is maintained, you know, which is, like, lest we speak about the song choice in this, which must have cost a pretty penny throughout because it is just, the soundtrack for this movie is awesome, but it, it is. is loaded with licensed tracks. Uh almost exclusively filled with them which they're all that's all good choices it's, it's a good soundtrack but man i could see that costing a lot of money oh, especially more so now yeah yeah oh my god i was like mm, we're not gonna play ball can you uh, up that you know you have an offer mm, up by 200 you know, percent we want more money uh you, you hear about uh, stories about licensing music and just how like uh, a third of a movie's budget can almost go to some of this shit. It's insane. Um, so uh, then we open on Vincent and uh, sorry, Jules, Jules Winfield, the two hitmen for Marcellus Wallace. They're driving to do a job, and they're having a fucking hilarious conversation. I think this is one of the most iconic film uh, scenes in the movie. Probably some of the most iconic dialogue. Period. I mean, yeah. to come how- out of like movies, in, at least in recent past, you know. Yeah, that's how everyone learned what a royale with cheese was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so they arrive to do a job for Marcellus. Um, they've got to retrieve a briefcase. Uh, there's a bunch of dudes. I'm not really clear about the details. Like, they don't really matter. Um, I don't know why these fucking jerk-offs were in league with Marcellus or entrusted with, with something so important as this briefcase, but who knows? It's very early in the morning. Um... I think it's implied they're probably junkies, right? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't really, they don't show them doing drugs or anything. Although the one dude is just fucking kicking back. They're certainly amateurs. Yeah. Uh, they are not ready to deal with Jules and Vincent in the slightest, uh, at all. 
<laughs> and you do, you do get this great kind of fucked up line from Jules. They're talking about um, a gentleman, an associate of theirs, that got thrown out, allegedly got thrown out of a window for massaging uh, Marcellus Wallace, Marcellus Wallace's wife Mia's feet. Um, and Jules just goes like, "I wouldn't go as far far to call the motherfucker fat." Uh, he's Simone. What can he do? Just like such a fucking like dicey thing to say. Um, uh, and they just waltz right in. If I'm not mistaken, they waltz right into this apartment building where these uh, these guys are hanging out. I don't think the door's even locked to the apartment building. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, they just seem to walk right in. And everything that happens here is just fucking gold. Samuel L. Jackson just fucking going for it, man. He is like. Him just taking a bite out of a motherfucker's burger, <laughs> finishing that Sprite. It's all so goddamn hilarious. You know the scene. Everyone does. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's all funny until it's fucking not at all. And it's, and you know, this role was partially written with him in mind. But he's, you know, he's, uh, and he's just, it's an iconic thing for him. It fits him perfectly. You know, uh, he had, he had actually, Samuel Jackson had actually auditioned for Reservoir Dogs and uh, beforehand. And he didn't quite get it. And then the next time he saw Quentin Tarantino, he's like, "How did you like the guy who got your part?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> but it's just, uh, but no, you know, not like in like maybe like a mean way. But then he got, but uh, then he got this part. And um, this part, you know, I I don't know how much Samuel Jackson was doing beforehand. Probably a good amount, but this is definitely accelerated. It oh, an accelerator yes. on the career oh, quite absolutely. a bit. I mean, he was a bit player in like Jurassic Park. Before this, right or right around. That must have been right around the same time. But, but right? I mean, he that's, was. That's a good one. He Damn, wasn't, dude. He wasn't Sam that's Jackson just, like a we good fucking couple knew of him. years. Yeah, Jurassic Park and Public Man. Um. Uh, and this all c- culminates in them shooting the f- living fuck out of Brett, uh, <laughs> who is uh, the the smart ass um, who I guess tried to make off with Marcellus Wallace's money or whatever's in that fucking they case. Would, yeah. the, the, whatever's in the briefcase like sh- is shiny gold. But I don't know if you've ever looked at the uh, image online. There's like a meme where it's like him, uh, you know Vince looking down in it, and then you just see the return of it, and it's just a light bulb. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, just an empty briefcase of light bulb, which I think is. Hilarious, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh yeah, the, the world's most expensive yellow light bulb," you know. Uh, uh, it's yeah, right. <laughs> I do. I do also really enjoy how Vincent doesn't really do anything here. He kind of goes and starts like rolling a joint out of like or a cigarette uh, or, or a cigarette, or whatever. I I like to think it's like there's just some weed on the table. Yeah, and he just he's starts like, rolling those guys <laughs> fucking pot. Like, what are you gonna do? I got a fucking gun. Um, They're but, about to die anyway. Right, right. <laughs> That's what's like creepy about it, is that like you came in and you're doing Jules's whole thing is just scary. <laughs> you're like like you're toying with them, talking about the food, and it's like you have every intention to kill him. And Jules's whole thing is that he recites a, a Bible passage. I'm I'm not indoctrinated. I don't really remember what it is. Is Ezekiel something? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Whatever. That's his whole thing, and he's all dramatic, and he's so extra about it. It's it's wonderful. As he says later, it's just some cold motherfucker, uh, some cold shit to say to a motherfucker before you ice him, right? Something like that. Um, so basically, we're out of there, um, which brings us to the prelude to Vincent Vega and Marcellus Wallace's wife. Um, it's here, I believe, we are first introduced to Butch Coolidge. Yes, yes, Bruce it is. Willis, um, and we see only his face as Marcellus Wallace, uh, Ving Rhames, lectures him about basically what's going to be done. Which is to throw a fight for him. Yeah. Uh, that, that, you know, that stupid voice in your head that's pride. You know, 
Fuck you. <laughs> you right. <laughs> That's just your pride fucking with you. I love it. I, yeah, yeah. Vince Vin Grames is awesome. Um, Vince the, Rames. Vince, 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 Vince Vincent Rames. Is, is it Vincent? No. No, 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 it's Ving. No, he's fucking with you. Ving. Yeah, it's Ving. Which is great because the name almost sounds like an onomatopoeia. Like, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Ving Rames is awesome. Um, I love Ving Rames. Uh, you, you, yeah, me too. Uh, you, he should have been the Riddler, though. <laughs> <laughs> Real me this, Batman. How many gadgets does it take to kill a bat? Oh, my God. <laughs> Twelve. Um, <laughs> no, make Ving Rhames the Joker. <laughs> oh, God. We, we weren't going to have Bruce Willis as Poison Ivy. Yeah, Bruce oh, Willis yeah, as Poison Ivy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, baby. Oh. Yeah, come on, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> which is his name, but it's also Batman's which, name. Which, oh man! But he's like calling uh, Bruce Wayne Bruno for the whole uh, thing. Oh Bruno God. Wayne, <laughs> Bruno Wayne. Um, oh, he's got a. It's Batman with a Hawaiian shirt. That's Bruno Wayne. Oh no, Batman with a Hawaiian shirt over the armor. Oh. No, no, exactly. I gotta cover up these nipples. It's cold in here. <laughs> anyway, okay. So after he gets uh, uh, after. After Coolidge leaves uh, Marcellus's office, you have this great um, uh, crossover between him and Vincent. Uh, they meet up. Vincent's coming to uh, report to Wall uh, Wallace. I guess at this point in the movie, they have retrieved the briefcase because they're in the slugs gear. Um, and right off the bat, you see that Coolidge and fucking Vega don't like each other. Whether they've met before, you know. I don't know. Probably no, not, I, though. I think this is their first, right. first meeting. Vincent is just mugging. He's just like, an asshole, too. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What you looking at, Palooka? Which I had to look up. It's just an old slur for a dummy boxer meathead. It's like an old comic strip or uh, something. No. Oh, well, <laughs> it's yeah. fucking hella mean thing <laughs> to say. I think it might be a Polish slur. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, yeah, they... Uh, correct me on my slurs, people <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, please. Please correct us on the slurs. Um... Yeah, there's an interesting bit of trivia um, was that later Vincent brings up, hey, man, somebody keyed up my car or whatever. And then I guess um, not too long ago, Quentin Tarantino revealed in an interview that it was, in fact, Butch that, that keyed his car. Oh, absolutely. And I could Which see, makes sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I could see the, uh, Bruce Willis's face, or in character, his face, though, after he does yeah. it. He's got that fucking, like, corner fucking smile. Yeah. Key, yeah. key up your car. Yeah, fucking... Piece of shit, Bruce Willis. I like how he's, uh, they aren't, they're not putting a hairpiece on him for once. It's just kind of his regular, like, I mean, that guy was losing it in the 80s, man. Like, yeah. like, just, just embrace it. You look, uh, you look normal. Yeah. Uh, well, John yeah. Wayne, or not John Wayne, uh, John, uh, McLean shit. It's bad hairpiece. Yeah. Um, so Vincent Vega has to take out Marcellus Wallace's wife, Mia. Well, Marcellus is out of town. This is very weird. It's really weird. I don't know if I'd ever have one of my employees do that. My wife just needs a fucking man to entertain her. Sure, why? I guess have this fucking greaseball do it. Um, right. It's almost like creating the the perfect storm here. It's you already heard that he threw a guy out of a fucking window for massaging her feet. It's like, all right, no. I'm gonna send you to dinner with my wife. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what, what, what? She's a tall cokehead. But I guess you know there's these guards, you know, like, right, right, like right. They're you know in case 
Because he's such a big shot, you know, he's got to have someone around. It's worth noting, too, that story. And, like, Vincent Vincent and, and Mia get into a bit later. But it's worth noting, I don't think the story about, was it Rocky? That they threw out the window? I don't remember. I don't name. remember his name. Yeah. I, I, okay. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's, like, said tw- only twice. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a one guy. Part. It's a yeah. guy. And the, the, I don't think, in my head, Ken, I don't think that story is true. That's a bunch of talk amongst the, the help. But... Um, Vincent picks up Mia uh, But before that he picks up a bunch of H See Vincent Vega is a fucking heroin addict <laughs> Yeah, uh, is, Actually I don't know Is he an addict? He might just be trying for the first time I there. mean Who it knows? seems like he, he, this isn't the first time he's picked up Because the dude nah, says man. it's friend he, he's walking around. It can't yeah. be the first time He's walking around with a fucking heroin cooking kit And yeah. injection fucking He's got it in a whole little zipper thing There's, the, a, whole, there's a whole p- drug porn scene Where they're opening up the, the zipper bag And they're doing yeah. the yeah. Which I don't know how much they did before this movie With the, yeah. with all that That was know? a stupid thing I said I know yeah. um, No 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 <laughs> I mean, there's a lot going on in the movie. It's easy to forget a thing. I will say, uh, for a heroin addict, Vincent Vega is holding his weight very well. Um, oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. You ex- I mean, I guess it depends on how much heroin you take. Now, I don't know yeah, from personal fair. experience, but obviously if you take a lot of heroin versus just a little bit to take the edge <laughs> off. <you know. laughs> but I feel uh, like I don't hear about people who just do a little bit of heroin. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I don't, you don't hear about you hear. it. You know how Probably by the time you hear about it, they're doing a lot. You know yeah. how there's stoner comedies? There's really not heroin comedies. Well, what about Requiem for uh... Oh, yeah. No, that's not a... So, so he picks up... <laughs> what the fuck, Scott? <laughs> well, it's got Marlon Wayans in it. Oh, my God. Oh, um, he's really sad in that movie. What part of that movie isn't sad, Peter? Zero percent. Zero percent. Which sucks, because it actually is a really... It's a well-done movie. It is. Really, really well-done well movie. Oh, like, maybe it's worth really me uh, it's, it's uh, revisiting. I, um, if, I wouldn't watch it again. I, I watched it oh, twice. That's a, and that was glowing endorsement. No, I wouldn't watch it again, because the second time I watched it, I was like, well, this this still made me just as sad, and I knew it was coming. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna, I don't need to, I don't need to fucking do that to myself again, dude. You know, sad movie gets a one time viewing. You know, that's it. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's it, dude. Dang. Like, I can't watch Enter the Void more than once. Oh, great man. movie, but I'm not gonna fucking watch movie. it more than once because it's too sad. Uh, so. <laughs> Vincent's picking up from uh, Eric Stoltz, um, guy, whatever his name is, scummy drug dealer. That very well could have been Tarantino as well. Uh, that could have been the Tarantino <laughs> cameo. But uh, it's uh, Eric Stoltz and his Lance, wife. Lance. Lance, right. Yeah. And his wife, who's one of the Arquettes. There's two Arquettes in this fucking movie. I think it's yeah. Patricia, who, and she's all pierced up and hot. She's hella cool. Uh, Rosanna, <laughs> Rosanna, uh, Rosanna is uh, Jody, and then uh, Patricia. Alexis. Oh yeah, Alexis Ar- Arquette's Yeah, when they, when they were Alex Arquette at the time. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Uh, but I think she was credited as Alexis in the like. She, that, I don't know. She might have been. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do I, not have a timeline for this. Right. Right. <laughs> none of my fucking business. Um, yeah, it's none of our business. He picks up uh, Mia, Vincent does, uh, and she's got, like, what is presumed to be a nice place, but if you kind of just look at the fucking, like, apartment of, of Jules's, I mean, of uh, uh, Marcellus's, it's not really. It's really small. Yeah, <laughs> It's, it's mean, like, kind of dumbed up to, to make it seem like it's a, a fancy place, but... Like, that's the, true. It's really just the one room <laughs> yeah, right, that right. you see. Which means, which probably leads me to believe that's not a real apartment. It's probably a set. 
Yeah. It's probably a set. Val, valid as fuck. Um, um, actually, uh, I want to issue a quick correction. Um, it's Robert Arquette um, was the birth name. Um, I just like want to make sure I'm getting everything correct here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and like, good, good for her on her journey. Good yeah, she passed her. away, unfortunately, I think in yeah. 2013 or uh, so. 2016, yeah. 2016. Yeah. Um, okay, so they go out to eat at Jackrabbit Slims, which seems fucking awesome. I want yeah. to oh, yeah. sit in a fucking car and eat. That's a diner. That's like a diner that's like David Lynch's wet dream. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it really definitely. is. It's so American. You get a wonderful cameo uh, from Steve Buscemi, who's great. One of my favorite fucking actors. Um, he was supposed to have a bigger role, but scheduling conflicts arose because uh, Buscemi was kind of on fire in the 90s. He was like doing Cohen stuff and all that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was one of those things where I looked up the trivia and I was like, oh, holy shit. Like just a character, the little Buddy Holly Waiter yeah. character, something I totally overlooked like every other time. I just apparently didn't see it or didn't hear it. You can, when you're looking for it, listening for it, you can hear that little twang. Oh, it's, like, yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's definitely <laughs> fucking him. Uh, he was going to be Jimmy. Uh, they want him for the role of Jimmy. Dimmick. Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot that of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It, d- yeah. it really does. You could see him. Uh, Vince and Mia have a lovely time and they bond. Um, they flirt like fucking crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when she's sucking on the fucking cherry and oh, doesn't man. even like eat it, it's just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. Um, but they have a good time and they dance um, and they win a competition. Yeah. And, uh, you know. no, well, I should say, they did not win the competition. They don't. They stole the trophy. And this was revealed by another piece of trivia where apparently uh, when Butch is sneaking around or something, you hear it on a radio or a TV or something, but you hear someone talking about how the Jackrabbit Slim's trophy was stolen. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. That's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Which makes a lot more sense that they would just be like, all right, we're finished dancing. Let's get the fuck out of here. What do you think they're going to sit around and wait for everyone else to, d- to dance? Not those guys. Um, they get back to Mia's place, uh, dance a bit more, uh, listen to music. Uh, John Travolta goes to the bathroom and basically confronts himself in the mirror about whether or not he's going to like sleep with his boss's wife. Whether that was even in the cards for Mia... I don't know. Yeah. Pro- probably the fuck not. I mean, Pro- she, probably not. I mean, absolutely. He, I don't not. know. She, her like dancing to girl, you'll be a woman soon. Like, and like, I don't know, jiving with everything. It like, it leads, I don't know if that's how she felt, but it leads you to believe like that. That's kind of the implied direction, you know, uh, just like, it, you know, from could, the setting, you know, it could, it, it could, it could be, it could have gone either way. If she hadn't snuck into his pocket and sniffed a random bag of powder which d- disclaimer <laughs> don't do that yeah, don't do that don't, don't do that <laughs> no which is even if you think it's coke it's probably not just coke but you, if you don't know you just at least ask be like all right uh, let me just uh go he, into someone else's drug bag first of all he would have fucking shared and you mean to tell me y- y'all are just doing a bunch of fucking narcotics and like eating right uh, and yeah. also <laughs> rita pointed this out when we were watching the movie last time how it's just like they're fucking eating, and then they're smoking cigarettes while they're eating. It's like that's gonna ah. that's gonna ruin your palate. Like, ah. yeah, it is. like how are you? It's like, oh, that's a really damn good milkshake. It's like, how the fuck would you know? You would just <laughs> smoked a cigarette. <laughs> your 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 taste buds, everything's shot. You, you, you fucking, how are you? Your tasting is gonna be way down. Uh, yeah, dude. Like while you're while you're eating, man, fuck. Literally, yeah. like mouth smoke. 
Again, David Lynch's wet dream. Yeah, um, most certainly. <laughs> the, the heroin mix-up is, is set up earlier uh, by the fact that Lance doesn't have balloons, which is what I guess... I, I really don't know this, but I, I based this off the trivia I read, but I guess they packaged heroin and balloons so not to be confused with cocaine, which comes in little dime baggies when you buy it. Huh. Um, huh. Seems like it would be really hard to get it out of a balloon. One would think, yeah. but I don't yeah. do fucking heroin. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm, yeah. I've always heard that, and I've never really questioned it. I've just thought, yeah, heroin goes in balloons. Never really thought about the logistics well, of balloons. <laughs> but I mean, if you want to send me some. <laughs> what? No, no. Not through the mail. Yeah, I'll give it a try. Who cares? Oh, God, don't say this you on a podcast. No, don't, don't <laughs> give it a try. Desmond, I forbid you. And Peter, you too. I got my eye on you, even though I can't see you. Uh, Mia ODs and is absolute panic mode for Vincent, who takes her to Lance's house and drives in, drives into his fucking his <laughs> home, which is hell of fucking funny to me. Yeah. Wrecked that car and someone's house, like that's a you, you really could have. I don't know, didn't need to do that. Uh, they resuscitate Mia, luckily, by stabbing her with it as epinephrine or whatever. He's, I like he's like, you have to bring it down in a stabbing motion. Like, <laughs> pierce the breastplate, you know. Like, Get the shot! I mean, you know, it's a great scene. Lance, Lance up until that point was eating fruit brute in front of the TV in a yeah. fucking <laughs> in a robe. I, I really love Lance's whole, whole vibe. He you know? looks like the dude. Really, though? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean like a heroin like dealer. The like, dude had his shit together. He's know, definitely, or like, yeah, right. The dude in shades of like Saul from Pineapple Express. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm. Just like, what is with this apartment? Or this house? house uh wonderful um but they they save they save mia i just does much more happen there um well other than the fact that the the they the shot that where he actually stabs her in the chest is uh it's in reverse right that they shot it so that he wouldn't have to do it but yeah Uh, an old practical camera trick nice nice so uh, uh, it's also worth noting that um uh, mia revealed earlier that she 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 is a uh uh an I don't want to say failed actress, but yeah, I guess she's kind of a failed actress. Uh, she shot a pilot for a show called Fox Force 5, uh, which kind of aligns with what Kill Bill is. It's exactly Kill Bill. Yeah, yeah which is kind of fun. <laughs> no, it is. That's, uh, that's what I was saying like earlier, like spiritual success. Yeah. Said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, they basically vow n- not a word of this to Marcellus, and they, uh, they part ways. Uh, and that is that. So... That brings us to the gold watch, which uh, yeah. is yeah, it's, Chris, uh, it's yeah. really good. It's I mean, uh, I mean, uh, this is a really memorable sequence in Pulp Fiction. Is just like so like redundant to say because most of the sequences are really memorable. But like you just bring yeah. in Christopher Walken, this super celebrated actor, this legendary actor, and he just delivers this deadpan monologue about this dude keeping through the war, um, keeping his grandfather's watch safe. By hiding it in his ass, and just it's, so it, bad, and a one it's uninterrupted great. shot, just it's so 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 good. It might be my favorite moment in the movie. It's so good. I, I can I can get down with that. Yeah. Um. And apparently the kid had to sit through that. Oh. <laughs> like no normally kid. they wouldn't even have the 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 kid there. Uh, no, I guess the kid was there. Oh, wow, Tarantino. Wow. Good yeah. Job, guys. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, Christopher Walken's awesome here. He's still a little handsome, too, before he got, like, really scary. I guess he was always scary. And it's it's just this classic Christopher Walken cadence when he's talking. Like, he doesn't even skip a beat. He had to watch the only place he could, up his ass. Like, it was just unbroken. It's great. Um, Yeah. Which echoes later a predicament. Uh, You know, uh, Christopher Walken's 
corporal general guy. He says, you know, when a man, two men are imprisoned, they take on, you know, uh, uh, responsibilities. Uh, and that echoes the predicament but Butch is in later with Marcellus. But we'll get to that. Hmm. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. But that's really interesting. Oh, yeah, this really the, cool. the gold watch scene, if you were to arrange things chronologically, would be the first scene in the movie. So that's another kind of interesting way to think about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Wow, what the, if the movie did start like that? Though? Like oh allegedly, you, there's a way you can piece the movie. I mean, obviously, of course, there's a way you could piece the movie together so it played chronologically. Who wants to do that? That's like when I got the bonus disc for Memento, you know. And if you figure out the secret code, by the way, that, the disc for that one is very convoluted. It's hard to uh, hard very to find strange the cryptic <laughs> menu system they have going on there, which is fine for that movie, but different yeah. movie. But what I'll say is there's a way you can get it so that it'll play Memento in chronological order. Uh, no. No. Yeah. No, don't it's do that. better the way it is. It's, Why would you want to watch better the way that? it is. I did just because because um, I really yeah. like Memento. Yeah, I really it's like better Memento the way it too. is. Yeah, no, it's, I, it's I, very good. Another interesting uh, factoid from the uh, from the uh, special features of this movie from Pulp Fiction is that Quentin Tarantino has like a little snide little remark because it's like in the deleted scene section, it's like a lot of these movies will have an extended version or deleted scenes, but um, I actually made the movie I wanted to make the first time. And oh yeah, <laughs> but then he's got a whole list of deleted scenes and like. Yeah, I can't even fuck with it. I don't. Why? Why? You know. I, I I wish I wish the man would be a little more fucking humble. Just yeah. so like Jesus. You know, sometimes there, that that is off putting. Like, yeah, I don't know. You obviously you're a great director, but but you really don't have to be so high on yourself all the time, motherfucker. <laughs> Tone yeah. it down. Yeah, that's funny though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, quit. So that brings us to speed, which with Butch, who has just uh not thrown the fucking fight he was supposed to. Um, and he's in trouble. He escapes out the window. Um, he jumps hella fucking far. Hella out of fucking far. <laughs> shit, Holy man. shit. You believe Bruce Willis uh, can like, do it, though. It's, it's like, I know you had to get out there fast, but there's a whole fire escape. Whole ass fire escape. You could have, like, scurried down first and then jumped in there like... How do you know you're not going to just fucking break both knees and be stuck in a dumpster and then die? He's like, John McClane, man. He can do it. All right. He all can right. do That's it, man. At that age, you, you don't get knees back, okay? <laughs> no, you got to no, preserve what you have. Now, I hope you guys are stretching and drinking water. That's what we got to do. Keep the knees. Right now? Yeah, I mean, just... Peter, I'm I, Peter. I'm doing a podcast. I mean, okay, very... Well, uh, well, you should uh, be stretching and drinking water constantly. All right. If you want me to do it... Yeah, I will. There we yeah, go. There we go. Do yeah. It. There you go. Um, he doesn't know this, Desmond, but I'm doing arm stretches because I'm <laughs> yeah. sitting down. He's getting, getting it stretched out. So uh, Butch is escorted to his little hideout motel by this very uh, uh, this very odd cab driver, um, Esmeralda Villalobos. Um, and she's all, like, intrigued by the violence. She's asking him a little questions about What is it like to kill a man? Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right. That's yeah. weird, but I do. I really like that scene. She's she, she's off-putting um, and great. Um, obviously, Marcellus is pissed off, and him and Vincent immediately. No, it's not Marcellus. It's that other guy. Well, Marcellus is there. He's pissed off, and he basically is like, "Go get the motherfucker," you know. Go, yeah, right. You find him, you know, and yeah. yeah. But at that point, Jules has been replaced, I think, which is why Vincent is with the other dude. Oh. The other, the other hitman guy. Oh, mm. oh yeah, yeah. I think he yeah. was the bartender. I might be mistaken. 
Hmm. I, I, okay, yeah, I don't remember who that other guy he's, is. He's kind of got like a curly fro, too. It's like yeah. you could pick someone who looks a little bit different than <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. It, when I'm like watching the movie, this is like usually around the point where like I start having these lapses of the memory. Like even the part where like Vincent gets like shot on the toilet, it's one of the things where I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. This happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially, uh, Butch meets up with his 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 girlfriend, wife, whoever, Fabiana, um, and they 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 cuddle and stuff. And there's some awkward sex shit going on. Really don't need to see Bruce Willis, you know, yeah. mid coitus. Anyway, um, uh, weird their monologue. Plans- yeah, weird monologue about a pot belly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really weird. What the fuck is about all that about? about? <laughs> it was really it weird. <laughs> it is. I would need to put Billy. It's like, no, uh, yeah. like nothing wrong with like. Obviously, there's nothing wrong like if you're like a lady and you have a pot belly. It's just a really no. weird scene and monologue, especially tonally. It, it's it's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. I bet all of these scenes are on YouTube. Look at it and then report back. Uh, it's worth noting that he they they fuck. They get down with sexy time before Butch is taking a shower. Oh, that's gross. That's oh. fucking gross. That is like, really yeah, gross. Yeah, is just in the ring. That's like, really unsanitary. He's got another man's blood on his bullets. <laughs> he wasn't just like kind of sweaty. He is sweating bullets. He was like every pore in his body was beating out sweat. It's like, nah, man, it's quick rinse. Is this how you get uh, problems started? You know, we don't need to be graphic about it, but fucking. Wash yourself. You, you, don't, you know, come on. Smelly motherfucker. Um, <laughs> so their plan is to flee with the money that he got, I guess, betting on himself. Uh, and I, I don't know how betting sports bets really work, but I imagine since the f- fight was meant to be thrown, everyone had their money on the other guy. Uh, Marcellus and his associates included, which mm-hmm. probably made off with a ton of fucking money uh, um, by, by not doing so. Um, and he tasked Fabiana with gathering a bunch of shit from, from his, his, his old apartment, uh, one of which being the watch that has been passed down uh, to him. Uh, she forgets the watch. So Butch has to go back for it. One fucking job. And it's a really scary scene, and I'm not really down with how bad he freaks out, but it does yeah. illustrate the type of guy Butch is. I mean, he's the um, type of guy who killed a man with his bare hands in the ring. And it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. Bada bing, bada boom, you're dead. So he goes back to his apartment to get the watch, um, sneaks back in, um, and Vincent is there, but not ready because he's on the fucking toilet. Because he's an opiate addict and he's constipated. Well, the whole thing is that apparently he... The theory is that he gave up heroin after the whole fiasco with Mia, mm. which unconstipated him. Could be. Which is why be. it's just flowing freely then. But he, there's like a ton of scenes You're with right. him on the You're toilet right. throughout the movie, which, you know, I mean, that's one of the side effects of opiate addiction. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Take a long time. Well, it depends on how much, I mean, it really depends on how much he was using or how frequently, right? Because like. Yeah, maybe he wanted to stop, but it's not really that easy. No. You know, if I'm he, just he, done. You know, yeah, I'll just be done with that now. And I had a good ch- run. Chills and fucking all the horrible. Uh, right. Uh, uh, which, thankfully, I've never had to experience, but man, um, doesn't sound fun. But no. it would appear that. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Peter. No, I was just saying he just it said, doesn't. He just sound, said no. No, oh, he doesn't, said, oh. doesn't sound fun. I'm no. fine. Cut you off. No. Um, apparently, uh, it, w- it would appear that Vincent and Jules had been staking out on the apartment, um, and Jules had left 
to go get donuts, luckily. Um, leaving Jewel, uh, uh, Vincent on the toilet. Vincent probably didn't expect Butch would be so stupid to come back. Mm-hmm. But he did. And Butch oozies the living fuck out of him with yeah. his own gun that was left on uh, on the counter and gets his watch. It's pretty great. Um, that was one of the most shocking things to me uh, the first time I saw it. It's like, that's the. This, John Travolta's dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the, the man guy. But that's rad. I love that. Uh, dies a third of the way through, but we're not done with his character. That's how he gets his wings. He is an angel, not as. <laughs> Jesus. God. <laughs> well, you got the same haircut. Um. um Ugh. Yeah, I guess one of the reasons I forget that that's like a, a part of the movie is because then they basically just right after that they go to the end in the diner scene and he's alive again. Right, and you're right. just kind of like you just forget. Oh yeah, he's he's dead. This, this shit with Butch is essentially the end of it. Um, so so he but Vincent or I'm sorry Butch as he's driving away with the watch, who's he's all happy go lucky. He's ah, yeah, they keep underestimating you, Butch. But then he uh, Marcellus sees him as Marcellus is crossing the street donuts in hand starts shooting immediately like it's fucking grand theft auto uh butch runs him over or hits him with the car crashes the fucking car kathy griffin um is there am i right that's her i believe so is it what i think it is her one of the one of the three people that are like oh no you you crashed the car yeah yeah with uh with marcellus he gets up Starts firing away at Butch, who's all bloody. Shoots up. one of the ladies there. Shoots yeah. a fucking innocent. Yeah. <laughs> awful. Um, they cat and mouse them each other around the, the uh, I don't know that the block for a second until stumbling into an antique shop or I'm sorry pawn shop, uh, where they are stopped by the pawn shop owner via shotgun. He's like, hold it right there. <laughs> and there's some more awful slurs. That really don't enhance anything. Not that slurs really do enhance it, but um, he's he's got him, and he calls his buddy Zed. Now, what transpires here? Peter is Green, aka Dorian from the Mask. Fuck! <laughs> it awesome. is. Yeah, That's awesome. And you know, oh we watched God. this. We watched this movie when we were on vacation last summer, and I think you pointed it out then too. Yeah, but yeah. I forgot. But yeah, no, he's he's he's. I mean, he. Plays a scumbag really well. Oh, yeah. And he's awful. I don't know how I feel about this all. I don't know. Anyone want to take it away with what goes well, down what, here? Uh, uh, well, so, it's... Uh, go ahead, Peter. Go I ahead. Mean, go ahead. Uh, what happens is, like, Wallace and Butch come to, um, and <laughs> um, they're, like, they're tied up. They're they're, they're heavily restrained. Um, they the, the the shop owner and Zed walk in and like he does like an eeny meeny miny mo with them and pulls him, uh it lands on Marcellus Wallace and they pull him out into another room which is like a room where there's just a guy in a gimp suit just to hit restrained there as well for I'm guessing sexual reasons I don't know what well originally the gimp was in the box in that room they bring the gimp out and then they right. Tie, they chain the gimp to the ceiling, uh, which is funny. Like I can't remember his name now, but like I looked up like who plays the gimp in the thing, and like you know, and there's all these like things like yeah, I played it, but it's not like a role that ever got me any other work or anything. It's like <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess it does cover your entire whole body with a leather, right, yeah. <laughs> and zippers. Yeah, um, um, yeah. So they they bring him out, and then uh, music starts playing, and basically they're sodomized. They rape um, Marcellus Wallace, um, which 
I yeah. personally, for me, I don't know how everyone feels about this. I think if uh, when you're writing a movie and there's a rape in it, you can just usually take it out. Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. don't know. I, I you could have done something else twisted. I don't really get down with like the whole oh they're gay and sadists type thing. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I guess what that does to service the movie in this sense right. is that like. These are both in their own right, like men who are bad men, men who are yeah. like enemies, but also men who are powerful enough to kill other men. And, mm -hmm. you know, what what is the only thing that can stop them is people who are even more twisted than they are. You know, so kind of like is another evening of the playing field. Very true. Or, or uh, I wouldn't say evening, but like tips the scales out of their hands. Hey, uh, it makes me uncomfortable. And it's totally supposed to. So, hey, it works. Yeah, it, it works in that respect. It's just uh, it's uh, you get a little bit too much of uh, what's going on in the room with Marcellus and Zed. It's just. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, it is. It, well, it's quite. It's quite uncomfortable and quite visceral. Um, but I guess the most the notable thing is that it, it, it ameliorates their situation because, uh, you know, Butch is able to break out of his his uh, ties. He kills the gimp and easily, then, very, yeah, very, very easily. easily. <laughs> but again, again, he he's a, he's a boxer. He's a strong man, you know. Uh, maybe that's he's brought some Bruce Willis, but. Uh, he goes upstairs. He's about to leave, but then he's like, "Man, I can't leave." You know, and it's head can't leave this guy just like this, even though. But this is this is probably the only way that they could have just like settled the score and be like, "Nah, we're good." Oh yeah, I, I mean, I like that. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like yeah. what, what, where it takes it. Uh, uh, but like this is like I was saying, this is him assuming a, a responsibility for a man he was captive with, and going back for him. Um, mm -hmm. And he goes oh, right. and yeah, yeah. totally fucking kills uh, uh, the the pawn shop owner uh, um, yeah. and frees Marcellus. Marcellus well, he sla he gets him with the samurai sword. Oh yeah, he gets. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, you didn't, uh, yeah. yeah he, he picks up a samurai him. sword. <laughs> Fucking kills the shit out of him, um, and you could see uh, Marcel's then gets free and shotguns Zed in like the crotch. Yeah, yeah, you know what's really odd about that scene? I was looking for it this time. Is there's no indication that that Bruce Willis unties him? No, he just is like, all right, I'm out of my restraints, and it's like for the sake of a movie, you know, I don't have to show somebody doing everything. But I mean. It didn't show him like loosening the restraints. It just showed him kind of like standing up and being Marcellus Wallace. It's, it's right. fine. I mean, I wouldn't call it a a flub or anything necessarily, because obviously, but it just is like how'd that happen? Right. Um, uh, Marcellus plans to bring over some of his guys to torture the fuck out of Zed. Rightfully so. Um, and it's really great here. You you see Bruce Willis still on the ready. With the sword, like as yeah. if Marcellus is about to turn around, like, oh yeah, if, if we're not cool, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll kill you here. I set you free, but you better let me go. Um, they make amends. Basically, Butch is revoked of all LA privileges, is set free. Uh, takes Zed's chopper, goes and gets Fabiana, and they're off. Now, Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead. Zed's dead. Yeah. Zed's dead. And this is actually technically the last scene chronologically. Um, which leads us to the Bonnie situation. Um, back at the uh, the the diner. The no 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 no. no, no, um, no was back the in the apartment. Yeah. Well, this is Jesus. the watch. This is the watch. No 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 no. Yeah. No no. This is back at the uh, apartment with yeah. Jules and, and Vincent. Um, when um, and a, Vincent. Sorry. Yeah, it cuts in during uh, Samuel L. Jackson's uh, mom. Oh Bible oh passage. yes. There's the guy course, behind the door. Yeah, with, our, yeah. with the hand cannon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Alexis Arquette. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Comes out, misses them with every shot they unload on him. Uh, 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 Jules has a total epiphany 
Uh, wow, we should have been shot there. And he, uh, I guess he basically vows to, to give up violence and quit, quit the, quit the biz, quit the game. Um, so they, they get the, the briefcase they're there for, um, they take their informant, uh, Marvin, uh, famous voice actor, great voice actor, Hell uh, Phil yeah. Lamar. One of my favorites. Uh, Samurai Jack. Yeah. Samurai fucking Jack. Yeah. Samurai Jack, man. Uh, so good. Um. He's, uh, I think he's Winston on the real Ghostbusters. Oh, really? That's probably one of his lesser fucking roles. <laughs> the well. real Ghostbusters or the original? The real Ghostbusters, the cartoon. Uh, yeah. There's That's what it's called. Because of the, the yeah, monkey right, right. the monkey ghost. Yeah. yeah. Go, go, Ghostbusters. It's not, not a monkey. It's a gorilla. His name is Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves my respect. He deserves everyone's respect. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's a Ghostbuster. Uh, <laughs> I ain't afraid no toes. Uh, he's a fucking a soldier. Do we, do we salute Ghostbusters on Memorial Day? Fucking, he, they, I, I served. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not the way they treat him in those movies. I mean, you know, no, like, they treat him as like like a plumber, basically. Yeah. Or like, well, that's actually the wonder of Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a different topic. Yeah. So. They, uh, th- on their way back to deliver the briefcase to Marcellus, they they talk over what transpired there, and Jules is just like, "Holy shit, we should have been fucking killed!" And they ask what Marvin's thinking about it. Uh, Vincent turns around to talk to Marvin. Has his gun trigger a ha- finger on the trigger? No safety on. They hit a bump, and he accidentally blows Marvin's fucking head off. And you get the great line, "Oh man, I told." I shot Marvin in the face. <laughs> so like an idiot. Fucking sad. <laughs> this poor guy um, is violent and awful, uh, but it's it's great. It's it is funny. Oh yeah, uh, I yeah, hate to say right, it. Right. darkly funny. Yeah, and that's and that's when they reaction is so good. <laughs> oh man, that's when he starts fucking yelling at Jules. I mean, that's just great. Um, yeah, and then so that's when uh, they coordinate through Marcellus Wallace to get uh, the wolf. To come in. Yeah, so they they go. I, I assume um, Jimmy Dimmick is like another informant or guy associate of Marcellus's, and they just shack up in his house, park the car in the garage, and all that. Um, Marcellus sends the wolf, who is Harvey Keitel, who is in great form here. I love mm-hmm. how he's just in a fucking tux. Yeah. Um, and the wolf kind of coaches them through getting out of this situation. They have to get out of D- Jimmy's house because his wife Bonnie will be coming home from the night shift at the hospital, um, and she sees a bloody mess. Two hitmen, the guy missing a head. Uh, she's gonna freak out and probably call the fucking cops. So the wolf kind of just coaches them through it. Uh, he really doesn't do much, which is really hilarious to me. Every time I watch it, just kind of yells at them. But you know what? If he wasn't there, they would have fucked up. Uh, they would have taken a shower in the bathroom, taken turns. They would have gotten a bunch of towels messy. They would have been busted. Mm-hmm. So he gets them through it f- fast. Um, and you get it, it, this is where Tarantino cameos is Jimmy. And um, he's just a little, little weasel. I don't yeah, know. he's a <laughs> yeah, ass weasel. <laughs> and they're like, uh, what do they look like? They look like a couple of dorks for me. It's like, yeah, well, they're your clothes. <laughs> and then they were. Uh, yeah. Quentin Tarantino at some point was a UCSC student, although I don't think he finished. He didn't. No. No. Um, that's kind of cool. Yeah. You know? Look like a couple of dorks. Yeah. That's uh, it's alma mater. Yeah. Got to respect alma, our alma, alma mater. I'm a Peter. And you yeah. get a good look at uh, 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 how not in shape John Travolta is, which is like, if now, man, they would have had him go to fucking go through some training regime oh, yeah. if he's going to have a shirtless scene. I like it. I don't know. It's just yeah. Regular yeah, dudes. Yeah. Um, 
I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure those are both uh, wigs, though, on, on both our stars. Uh, getting that wet, that could have been bad. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> um, so they get out of it, and they decide to go to breakfast at the diner from the beginning of the movie, where Jules kind of outlines what he plans to do, which is just roam and and have adventures. I think that's, like, what he says, actually. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, to which Vincent... Uh, is grossed out by he has to go to the bathroom of course again at which point uh honey bunny and pumpkin rob the place and now we have the big jules scene where jules takes charge of the situation kind of gives a rundown about how he's i don't know how he's not the bad man but he, he is the bad man and uh, basically buys he, he gives them his wallet to buy he gives them the money in his the wallet. money in his wallet. Keeps right, the right. bad motherfucking wallet because they're yeah. going around making their rounds, stealing, taking everyone's wallets, uh, and essentially buys their life because he would have blown their fucking head off. I don't really quite get what he's going for here. Yeah, well, he's like <laughs> buying. His, he's paying them to buy his way out of the game, basically. Like, okay, because it's like it's, it's it's implied that it's blood money or or something like that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, you yes. know, so. That kind of like wipes his slate clean because he's like, normally he would kill them, but he, he lets them go. And this is kind of like how he, you know, interprets his epiphany or his miracle or what have you. And when they stand down, Pumpkin just looks so limp and defeated <laughs> as he walks out with that bag of fucking wallets. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, yeah, these two men were just flashing guns around a fucking Denny. So they uh, make like a tree and get the fuck out of there. Um and that's the movie. And that's the movie. Yeah, that's uh, the movie. Ending on Surfrider, <laughs> which is great. It's a great ending. It's yeah. a wonderful ending. And that's the movie. That That's the whole movie. This movie fucking rocks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it goes without saying, gents, but would you recommend this movie? Peter. Uh, no. No. Nah, I'm fucking with you. Watch Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh. um, it's yeah, I was actually no. very interested to see yeah, your reasoning. Um, uh, no, no. It, it, it's good. Um, I, I don't know if it's my favorite Tarantino movie, but it's really good. Um, I don't want to be those people to be like, it's overrated, but like, you've probably heard enough hype for it. And like, it's hard enough to ignore. It's hard to ignore that if something's like super hyped up for you and you go into it, even if it is really good, like it's going to tarnish your enjoyment of it a little bit. But it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's fun to watch. Um, yeah, it's a quick like two hours it goes by real fast. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a great movie. Watch it. Uh, yeah, I would have to say um, I recommend watching it again because you've seen it already. Yeah, you seen <laughs> it. And if you haven't seen it already, go watch it the first time. What are you doing, man? You just listen to us spoil the whole plot for you. Damn, that's not gonna be nearly as enjoyable as watching the movie. I mean, yeah. Really? You, no. You, There's probably a bunch of holes in our synopsis. What are you doing? You, you should have watched the movie. It's it's very well done. Uh, how did you not see it already? Fuck yes. Go watch it. That's my word. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, see what the hype is about. You've seen it, though. As yeah. Peter, if you don't mind me asking, what is your favorite, though? Um, I think it's I it's I think it's Kill Bill Volume Two. Kill Bill Volume Two fucks. Yeah. And no it, one gives it. Uh, uh, the do no no one gives it the props it deserves. Um, I, I really right. like that one too. I, I, I well personally I just lump them as one movie. I, they, mean, they, I know they're, 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 they're better as one. Movie the whole Kill sure. Bill. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, right. Kill, I actually like I don't love Kill Bill Volume One. I think it's like really like pacing wise it's kind of off. Um, the anime sequence in the middle all really cool. 
kind of like distracts from the whole thing a little bit in my opinion especially since that character doesn't like factor a whole lot into the rest of this saga um, very but, on point yeah but mm. the um, but part two is great like all of Uma Thurman stuff with David Carradine is still good her with, slow it down yeah a little bit oh, yeah, um, no, it's great y- yeah I'm with you and I think um Kill Bill Volume One suffers from the 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 rearranged uh, sequence of events. Um, it doesn't really improve the movie. I don't know. I think mm. it's just like that is a Tarantino mm. thing mm. to do at that point. But but I don't know. I I don't think it being out of order really really helps it. That's fair because point. the second That's part is point. just all completely linear. Yeah. Yeah. It's barely actually, not. Yeah. <laughs> it's barely not in order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Um, yeah, well said. So that's Pulp Fiction, and uh, uh, thanks for sticking around for all that. That was, that was a good time recounting a movie I, I really enjoy. We all enjoy. Um, and uh, after these messages, come on back for uh, the main attraction. Oh, what the fuck is it in the the Tarantino thing? No, 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 no. You like might as well do that. Yeah, main attraction. Like yeah, 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 I think it's like feature presentation. Feature, feature presentation. Feature presentation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I don't actually think this movie has that. When did he start doing that? I think it was Kill Bill. Uh, I think that was a Grindhouse. No, Kill Bill has it. it oh it yeah, definitely oh, oh. Kill Bill. Was it Grindhouse prior to Kill Bill? No, no that's the next one. After. Really? And I, I, I know people have a yeah, lot of love for de- uh, Death Proof. Uh, there is, a, there is a lot to love in there, but man, God, I, I, that's his weakest by far. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say by far. I, I but I, I would say. Of the Grindhouse movies, Planet Terror w- beats it out like yeah. like no no questions I, asked. Oh, yeah. I, I guess as, as as those two movies together and this double feature thing, it was. I mean, the cool thing about that whole experience, whether or not the movie wasn't it was all right. Oh, the experience is unparalleled. Yeah, I, I saw it twice in the theater just so you know because all the fake previews. I love fucking fake, fake previews yeah. in yes. movies. They're so, good. They're so uh, good. They, they also do it in, in Tropic Thunder, fake previews. In the beginning. They I mean, start the movie with it. Yeah, it's awesome. What, like featurettes, okay? This is how we, we increase the quality of our movies. Fake previews before the movies. Hell yeah! It's a great way. It's a, it's yeah. a great comedy format, honestly. So we have delivered jokes, just making fake trailers, and you have Rob to really. Rob Zombie, werewolf women of, of the SS. SS. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, what is it? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. There's is that the Edgar Wright one? Uh, a lot of like awesome directors had yeah. took took part in that. There's Thanksgiving, and I think the other one was Don't. I think that was Edgar yeah, Wright's don't. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Hell of good, dude. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Especially in all that style. Rock uh, on. Uh, well, we'll be back shortly with the prequel, the sequel, and the remake. Take one step left and one step right because you can't run and you can't hide. The Mambo 5. Monica has a knife. Erica takes your life. Sandra has a gun. Jessica. Just for fun. This summer, a little bit of them makes you their man. You and me, we're going to touch the sky. The Mambo 5.
after what was well. probably our most lengthy uh, discussion of a film in prequel, sequel, remake history, um, it's uh, it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of the meal. Um, that was just a really large salad. It was good for you. It's nutritious, but um, rough. N- yeah, now we're gonna get on to the steak and the carbs and the cake. Um, Hey, some, sometimes it's fun to go through it play by play. Yeah, no, uh, no, it definitely is. And I had a great time discussing Pulp Fiction. But now, sometimes it's uh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut, I mean, shut up, Desmond. They're, don't don't ruin the magic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they can't yeah, know. Yeah. They can't. Uh, know. Yeah. Well, as we said at the beginning of this broadcast, that uh, this is not a movie that needs a prequel, sequel, or a remake in any way, shape, or form. And that is exactly what we are here to do. Because that's what our, that's what we do on the show. Yeah, yeah. In case you didn't fucking know by the name that illustrates that perfectly, very perfectly. Yeah, you know some movies. Beautiful SEO. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. You know some movies shouldn't exist, and we pretend they do, and that's how the show goes. And I'm Desmond Ports. And I'm Scott Hanson. And I'm Peter Hunter. And we didn't do that at the start of the show, but uh, we just did no, it now. No, so that's works. true. came painfully <laughs> well, clear to me. No, isn't that more in the spirit of Pulp Fiction that we did it in the wrong oh, order? See, the first Scott. scene came in the middle. Oh, there that's, you go, Scott. A, it's like poetry. It rhymes. We, we shouldn't even do the things in the order, but we're, no, we'll do it in the middle. We start with the build. Oh, start with think- the sequel. <laughs> in uh, middle of the remake, uh, end with prequel. That's one of those things that like we would think we were, was hilarious and just piss everyone off. <laughs> no! <laughs> anyway, let's start. We got prequel. Prequel! Yes, by me. Oh, nice. I did it. By Scott Hanshu. Yeah. All right, well, um... Scott, on a scale of one to two, how would you rate your prequel? Ooh, I'm gonna leave that up to you guys. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe two. Uh, Starting that just between rate. one and two. I mean, it's just a. <laughs> There's not even a gradient there. No. One point five. Like Who wants to say, yeah, my movie is a one point five. Look, look. Out of out of two, out of two, that's a lot. Look, Scott, like, that's still just look. If you know, you 75. either know you're a one or you know you're a two. Okay, so like, yeah. Tell, well, me, about, uh, tell me about this prequel. How about the prequel? <clears throat> we open right in the middle of a bombastic fucking shootout with badass babes shooting big ass guns and fucking high off kicks to the face and shit. Fucking wailing psychedelic rock music crescendoing and lots of fucking World War II memorabilia getting shot to fucking pieces and falling off the walls also. There's a lull in the shooting as the girls reload and a model German warplane falls from the ceiling. It lands at the feet of Jules Winfield and Vincent Vega, clad in their classic black suits and white shirts. Jules turns to Vince. You ready? Yeah. They both draw two guns each and pop up from behind a countertop. Camera pushes in on them and freeze frame. Cut to black. Title in red. Vince Vega's Vegas Vacation. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. A Pulp Fiction tale. <laughs> yes! A Pulp Fiction tale. Oh, I'm so excited, Scott. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had no idea it would go this way, and I'm so happy it's gone this way. <laughs> it's going there. Right? Presented by Quentin Tarantino. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Jules and Vince's faces are illuminated in a golden light as they peer down into a briefcase. They both smile and are awestruck. Is that what it looks like? It is exactly what it looks like. 
Jules closes the case and addresses the badass gangsters in their swanky apartment. Gentlemen, it has been my exquisite pleasure to make this exchange. Mr. Wallace will be very pleased and will be thinking good thoughts about your future, I'm sure. Thank you for your hospitality and for your time. My associate and I have quite a drive ahead of us and must be on our way. Jules and Vince dap the gangsters and exit the apartment. Cue Jumpin' Jack Flash as we see Jules driving and Vince passengering down the strip of Vegas in Vince's classic Chevy Malibu. In Las Vegas, baby! Yeah. High stakes. <laughs> All right, well, that was easy enough. Where should we make our next stop? Our next stop is putting this briefcase into the hands of our boss, Mr. Marcellus Wallace. Oh, come on now. We're in Vegas, man. So? So, come on, man. Let's live a little. I mean, we're here. We might as well enjoy it. I thought you were already enjoying yourself the way you've been sucking down them red apples. You using again or something? Uh, man, you know what I mean. We're in Vegas. What, you want to stroll through a casino, smoke a cigar, and lose $10,000? Because I got an easier way. You can just write me a check right now. On second thought, better make that cash. You might get cold feet and put a stop payment out. Uh, so what, you don't gamble? Uh, fuck no, I don't gamble. You think I waste my time with that bullshit? It's all rigged, man. The house will always win in the end. That's the whole fucking point. What? You a gambling man? Eh, here and there. Here and there? You mean like here in Vegas and there in Reno? Hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, I ain't no saint. Yeah, and you're no angel either. Let me ask you this. You ever win big? Yeah. Really? You sound surprised. Okay, but if you balance what you lost, total, against what you won, would you be in the black or in the red? Well, look, man, it's just a game. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, I guess. Game called Fuck You, Give Me Money. I don't fucking get it. So if you're saying I gave you 20 bucks to play, you wouldn't go in with me? Vincent, we are here on business. And? Even a fucking fry cook gets a lunch break. So what, we can't stop for gas? Can't stop to take a lease? Can't stop to take a leak? <laughs> rent a car, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, you, you never know. You might rent a car. <laughs> no, you have to get a new apartment, man. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry we're three hours late, boss. Vincent had to take a piss and accidentally played several dozen hands of poker. Yeah, that'd go over well. I might remind you that we're not exactly paying taxes doing this kind of work, Vincent. That means long hours, no overtime. And I don't want to make those long fucking hours any fucking longer than I have to. I'm not saying several dozen hands. One hand, all right? Just one. On you? On me, man. Blackjack. One hand. Shot in a rearview mirror, we see Vince and Jules walking towards a casino from the parking lot. Rack focused to a shifty figure in the car smoking a cig. Cut to a long tracking shot of a waitress in high heels close up on the feet walking through the <laughs> casino. She swivels around Jules and Vince and delivers complimentary drinks, who have each amassed a large amount of chips over what has obviously been many hands. They both have big-ass lit cigars. Jules points to his watch, and they both go all in. Blackjack. Jules has 10 of clubs showing. He hits. Now showing 10 of clubs and the ace of spades. The ace of spades! <laughs> Jules stays. 
Vince has eight of diamonds showing. He hits three of diamonds. Dealer hits and busts. Vince flips over his cards. Eight of hearts, eight of diamonds, three of diamonds, 19. Jules flips over his cards. 10 of spades, 10 of clubs, ace of spades, 21. Jules and Vince walk out of the casino with a bag full of cash. I can't believe you hit on 20, man. That's nuts. You would have just won with that just the one, man. I mean, if you'd gotten any card but the ace, you would have been totally fucked, man. So, isn't that the point? To gamble it all? Man, it's too bad you don't play more often. You cleaned up pretty good in there. That's why I don't. I'm too good. I'm too used to kicking fucking ass, so I just quit while I'm ahead. Lest someone of righteous spirit try to humble my ass. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess now I'm in the red. Yeah, and I'm black. Black is beautiful, my friend. Yeah, you fucking said it. <laughs> <laughs> They stop by an empty parking space where Vincent's Chevy Malibu should be. Vincent, where is the car? Vincent, still holding his drink and his coat, looks around and then looks back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> his smile fades. It was right here. I know where it was, Vincent. Space C4. What I would like to know is, where is it now? Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Fuck. No, no. It was, it was It was right. Let's not bring the guns or the briefcase inside, Jules. They might search us. I can't believe it. I listened to your dumb ass on this one. Fuck. Fuck, man. No. What are we going to do? We're going to be cool. Because if we're not cool, we're fucked. Jules leans in. But this is on you. Cut to Jules on a payphone by the busy Vegas strip. Vince is taking in the scene, just soaking it up. Yes, sir. I understand. Yes, it's our asses if we don't find it. Jules hangs up and returns to Vincent. Marcellus is coordinating with his local contacts to put a dragnet around Vegas. Meanwhile, he's sending his top bloodhound in to pick up the scent. Orders are to stay put and to wait for contact. Was he pissed? Was he pissed? Fuck you, man, of course he was pissed. <laughs> Matter of fact, why don't you talk to him next time if you're so fucking curious? So, uh, how long is it supposed to be before the guy gets here? Vincent's nostrils flares as he looks up at the big kahuna burger restaurant they're standing next door to. Oh, now I'm pissed. So you're over here thinking about food? I mean, we had those drinks at the casino. I'm a little day drunk, man. I need a burger <laughs> or something to sop it up. <laughs> Come on, man. You mean to say you're not hungry? We are staying right here until our contact arrives. End of discussion. After a pregnant pause, we cut to Vince and Jules sitting on the curb eating burgers. Vince is chowing down, stuffing intermittent fries into his mouth. Jules is solemnly chewing. Vince takes a slug off his milkshake. Hey, you gotta admit, these are some tasty burgers though, right? Shut the fuck up, Vincent! Just then, a red 1967 Chevy Malibu pulls up. The window rolls down and reveals Jimmy Dimmick Brown, Quentin Tarantino. He has a Band-Aid on his forehead. I catch you boys on your lunch hour? Oh... They quickly stand up and brush themselves off. Well, I'll be damned. Jimmy, good to see you again, man. You cut yourself shaving? Huh? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'm lucky my old lady's a nurse. She patched me up all right. Vince is flabbergasted. Is this my Chevelle? Uh, no, this is my Chevelle. Wait, what? You also drive a 67 Malibu? A red Chevy Malibu? What are the odds? 
Hmm, well, considering there were over 160,000 manufactured, I'd imagine there are a few of them rolling around out there. I'd be happy to pull over to the side of the road and show you the VIN number if you'd like, or if you'd rather, kiss my ass. <laughs> Cut to hot coffee being poured into a mug from a screw cap thermos. Jimmy sips the coffee and looks around. They are back in the parking lot of the casino. Jimmy sips his coffee again and looks out at the road, then back at the casino, then back to the parking lot, and back to the parking space. Hmm, so this is where it went down, huh? About what, quarter mile from the highway? Jimmy checks his watch. Hmm. Yeah, well, by the looks of it, you're fucked. You came all the way down here to tell us that? Come on, man, shouldn't we be out there hunting down this car or something? Jimmy sips his coffee again. Maybe, or maybe not. Run it by me again. What were you doing here? Vincent over here just had to play a hand of blackjack and wrote me into it. A decision I'm still regretting, by the way. A hand is in singular? Come on, man. One hand? No one plays one hand. If you're gonna play one hand, just stay home and light $20 on fire. Nonetheless, here we are. You want all of that in one hand? Yeah, more or less. More or less? What the fuck is that supposed to mean? If it was more than one hand, then it wouldn't be one hand. If it was less, that would be zero. Now I would be at home right now with my fucking pipe and slippies on reading the fucking newspaper. So let's cut the bullshit. Jimmy knocks back the last of his coffee and screws the cap back on his thermos. He looks back at the casino. He begins to stroll through the parking lot. Shrugging, Jules and Vincent follow him. They come to the side of the building where there is a small slope down into a subterranean VIP parking lot. They continue walking down until they turn a corner and right in front of them is the red Chevy. Jimmy points directly ahead. There's your car, dude. Jules and Vincent look at each other. It never even left the building. Motherfucker. They turn around to thank Jimmy, but he's already gone. Mystical chimes are heard. They stroll across the casino lobby to the elevator and coolly get in. Cut to a German casino boss, Hans Villen, played by Christoph Waltz, eating a steak in his <laughs> World War II... <laughs> eating a steak in his World War II-themed penthouse VIP lounge. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Which side? What? World War II themed, but like... <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. <laughs> Why, hello there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> A guard interrupts his dining. Sir, two men are here to see you. And you did not shoot them? <laughs> Said they were here on behalf of Marcellus mm. Wallace. Send them in, send them in. Jules and Vincent are led into the room. Ah, hello, gents. Have a seat, please. Sir, with all due respect, we have had a very long day. I'm hoping we can resolve this matter swiftly. Oh? Hans finishes chewing his spite of steak. Well then, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Earlier at your establishment, our vehicle was stolen. Come to find out, it was parked down in your VIP lot. Only trouble is, a certain briefcase that belongs to my employer is now missing from said vehicle. And what is in the briefcase? That's between Mr. Wallace, me, and Vincent here. How you doing? <laughs> and due to the nature of this case, and apparently the nature of this town, I know there is only one place that that case could be. And that's right here in this room. Hans is taken back in amusement. Really now? <laughs> Hans looks left, then looks right, then shrugs and looks at Jules and Vincent. He puts up a finger. Ah, wait a second. Hans reaches below the desk and pulls out the briefcase. He opens it towards them and they are basked in that familiar yellow glow. This must be what you're talking about, yes? But tell me, 
What is it worth to you, hmm? Is it worth that bag of cash? Or how about that classic car of yours? Oh, come on, man. I just got that car out of storage. Jules is trying to not sound exasperated. Sir, please. This is really important. Hans frowns. Okay, then. If it's that important, shoot him. Sorry, what was your name? Uh, Vincent. Right. Well, if it's so important, prove it to me. Shoot Vincent. A slight pause, then Hans starts laughing. <laughs> I was just fucking with you. You weren't actually considering it, were you? Lucky for you two, Mr. Wallace and I are on excellent terms. So you may have your case back for free. The guards hand over the case to Jules. And the car should be all gassed up. Where is it you're going? Uh, back to LA. Ah, Los Angeles. How is it this time of year? Smoggy. <laughs> well, shit. Thank you for being so helpful, Hans. Oh, least I could do. Here, why don't we have a drink to celebrate, yeah? Cut to the bar area where Hans, Jules, and Vincent are laughing and drinking. A waitress walks up to Jules. Can I get you one more? Uh, no, ma'am. Are you sure? Using her foot, she slides the briefcase backwards where it's quickly picked up by her associate. Before anyone can do anything, two more waitresses pull out submachine guns and point them at the boys. <laughs> Everybody be cool or we won't have to shoot you motherfuckers. You're making a huge mistake. Not another word. Monica, how's it look? Monica's face is lit up with the golden glow. Monica? It's all here, Erica. Good. Well, tell your boss if he wants this back, he'll have to answer to the Mambo 5. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hans, infuriated by the betrayal of his staff, makes a move for his pistol. The girls open fire, and so begins the shootout from the beginning of the movie. We return to the moment where Vince and Jules square off against the ladies. Now wait just a fucking second. I'm sure I speak for everyone here that no one wants to see their beloved heroes, Jules and Vincent, from the cult classic Pulp Fiction shoot a bunch of women to death. No one wants this to end that way. But we seem to have painted ourselves into a corner. So I'm hoping to appeal to you with words, okay? Now, do you know who this case belongs to? It belongs to us now. Exactly wrong. That case belongs to Marcellus Wallace, as in big time Marcellus Wallace, as in Los Angeles Marcellus Wallace. The girls take pause. As in Mia and Marcellus? Correctamundo. The Mambo Five look at each other and then on all the carnage around them. Well, fuck. Cut to Jules and Vincent descending in the elevator, shooting the shit about the crazy situation they just endured. And your ass can feel free to speak up at any time, you know. Psh, I don't know what to say. I mean, it seemed like you had it all covered there. Psh, yeah, you really are on vacation, huh? <laughs> the elevator's doors open, and they barely squeeze out as a bellboy is pushing a cart full of luggage into the elevator. They get into the car and turn the key. The Chevy roars to life. They're cruising down the highway when Jules slams on the brakes and pulls over. Check the case. They open the briefcase. It's filled with phone books. It's a ringer. The end. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that was great. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> you uh, you really nailed the dialogue, actually, or the interplay between um, Jules and Vincent. Yeah. Huh. I was just like thinking, it's like, man. Vincent's such a taxing fucking guy to be around. Yeah, no like, shit. such a kind of a bum. 
He's just fucking dead weight. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, that's evident in the actual film itself. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is fucking hilarious. Thank and, you. And great. Um, that could be its own movie without being related to Pulp Fiction. A couple yeah. of hitmen go and get involved in shit while yeah. on vacation. I like that a lot, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, and doing a little research for this, uh, like about like oh, what, what was the what was the type of car? Come to find out that the the same Chevy Malibu that was in the movie was Quentin Tarantino's car, and it was stolen out of his driveway, oh my like God. not long after the movie came wow. out. Only to surface later in like the twenty teens. Uh, I think I've heard and, this. Yeah, uh, yeah, and in California somewhere, somebody had like duplicated the VIN numbers, and so the guy who wasn't the guy who had bought it, but he was. <laughs> Supremely disappointed, I'm sure, to find that the car that he just spent tens of thousands of dollars on um, is not, in fact, his. Uh, bummer. Uh, Chevy Malibu, cool-looking muscle car. I, it, I don't know if you guys know anything about like car shit, but is it one of those that are just like actually an awful vehicle? I have no idea. I'm not a car person. Okay. Peter, um, am I a car dude? Well, no, no. Do you know anything about the Chevy Malibu? No. It just like like strikes me as the type of car that like looks cool, but probably just is a piece of shit. Um, I know it's like a pretty good car. Um, it was okay. brought up in. It's a plot point in my cousin Vinny. Um, huh. and that's about my extent of knowledge of the Chevy Malibu. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, yeah. It's not the maybe it's not the Nova. Mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking of the Nova, which is notoriously a terrible car. Yeah. You're the Gremlin. Yeah, in Wayne's World, or the Pinto. Or, uh, What's it? I think. What is the Wayne's World car? It's either a Gremlin Pinto or a Gremlin. Pa- yeah. But there's a Pacer as well. I know mm. they. I know they just call it the Murfmobile. I know it's not that Burger car from Good Burger it's because that, that was from our Good Burger episode. <laughs> <laughs> Did, wait, I didn't say it like. No, I speculated on that. Yeah, right? we speculated, yeah. then we okay. later figured out it was okay. not. I, uh, I hope yeah, I was. Yeah. I was like, I hope. I think it we speculated like in Good Burger, then we just we disclosed in Wayne's World talks that it is not. But I mean, Man, hey, it's not wrong, it's not that crazy. It's a Paramount movie. Like they're yeah. <laughs> those movies are like four years apart in age. Yeah, um, I mean the car probably didn't stop working. Who knows? No, one of them was like sitting ah, fuck. I like looked into this and I don't remember where. Yeah, that's alright. Anyway. It's not relevant to the movie. But thank you guys. Uh yeah. I I'm glad you enjoyed it. And um this brings us uh up to our next movie that um doesn't exist. Uh, but we're going to pretend it does, which is the sequel to Pulp Fiction, this time written by... Peter Hunter. Peter. Yes, yes, you guys. You got me. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pumped for this. Um, on a scale of one to two, I would rate it a two, very solidly. Um, Wait, what would you rate my movie? Um, I would rate it a two as well. Always oh, room for oh, improvement. Yeah, oh. yeah, I mean... No, two is the max of the spectrum. <laughs> oh, I thought it was three. No, it's two. We never said three. It's one to two. What There's two? no zero. That's why, that's, why I was, that's why I was making a deal about it before. It's a ridiculous system. Why would it be out of two? Either you like it or you don't. <laughs> yeah. Just, Look, well, yeah. I guess zero, if we're counting zero. No, it's like, just one to two. Zero counts as a life. <laughs> yeah. Well, depends on what you're playing. Uh, Prequel sequel replay. Watch it. Yeah, watch it on YouTube. Please. Um, please fucking watch it. <laughs> yeah, please watch it. Um, it's on YouTube. Validate us. Yeah, validate us. Um, anyways, um, let's go on um, because this isn't a sequel. It's a motherfucking spinoff, ladies and gentlemen. Love it. Oh, Use that spinoff card. Spinoff, spinoff, spinoff. All right. Um, this is Pulp Fiction, the collectible card game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. <clears throat> 
Wizards of the Coast, the groundbreaking brand that brought you Magic the Gathering, the Harry Potter card game, the Lord of the Rings card game, and many other movie-based card games, now present a wonderful <laughs> world of debauchery, swearing, and non-linear storytelling. Pulp Fiction, the collectible card game. Ages 8 and up. Now you and all your classmates can take part in the raucous 1970s B-movie-style exploits of Vincent Vega, Jules Winfield, Marcellus Wallace, and all their friends! You and your opponent wield decks of 40 cards, including character actors, surprise motherfuckers, drugs, and hijinks. I play Vincent <laughs> Vega! Oh yeah? I got the gimp! <laughs> Character actors represent you in the game and take the form of major players like Jules Winfield all the way down to that one girl with all the piercings from the heroin scene. You know the one. Oh, she's bae. <laughs> Surprise motherfuckers are cards you can play at any time which affect character actors Alright, I blew Freddy's brains out You take 10 points of damage Surprise motherfucker I activate Call the Wolf I clean up all his brains and get a bonus set of Jimmy's crappy linens Awesome You can play drugs and hijinks on your turn <laughs> Drugs modify your character actor's abilities Whether it's a line of coke or a full plunger of that sweet sweet shine of white Jules takes a whole blunt to the face. Now he gets an extra action per turn. This is a positive influence on me. <laughs> That's influential. Uh, hijinks are just kooky things that can happen. Who knows what hijinks can ensue when the old Pulp Fiction gang is about. I play some hijinks. Now Vincent Vegas sits on a toilet in Butch's apartment. Oh no! In order to honor the legendary narrative structure of the film, the game has five phases. The end, the beginning, the middle, the end, and then the middle again. So instead of starting with a full life total of 20 points, you start with five points, then 20 points, then 10 points, then five points, then 10 points again. What happens if your life points are extinguished before the next phase begins? Nothing! We have to get to the next phase! I activate a cult revolver that deals you five points of damage. I win! No, it's not. We still have to play the beginning. Radical! Radical. Remember, kids, it's not confusing. It's stylized. <laughs> Now you and your friends can reenact all your favorite scenes from the movies with all the tedium and strategy of deck building. I play Do Another Bump. Now Mrs. Wallace gets to do another line of coke before hooking up with Vincent Vega. Not so fast. I play some real primo heroin. Now Mrs. Wallace is going into uncontrollable cardiac arrest. Aw, bummer. Expand your collection via expensive booster packs and theme decks. Each booster pack includes a special rare card, but it'll more likely come with a holographic version of some stupid thing you already have 30 copies of. You get a, you have a whole bunch of brats. You'd end up with a whole bunch of brats. Ah, uh, man, I have another joke coming up. Or like the up. guy on the couch. I, That's not even Yeah, Brett. I wish I did that. <laughs> I have a different Ca Cardboard up. crack. Dang it, I got another big kahuna burger. I got a holographic UC Santa Cruz shirt. Oh, that sounds badass. Collect them all, but more likely than not, you'll just end up buying specific single cards online and totally ignore the whole concept. Why blow a hundred bucks on the thrill of chance when you can spend 30 and be triumphant and show your friends you're the best at a children's card game? <laughs> but good news, we've got a whole new set of expansions to keep the game fun and profitable. 
Coming this fall, we're honoring the metatextual nature of Tarantino's work by adding real-life characters and situations into the mix. I play celebrated actor Harvey Keitel. <laughs> oh yeah? I counter with Quentin Tarantino's well-documented foot fetish. Now you lose two cards. Oh no! Which I would say, actually, the foot thing, we didn't talk about in the episode. I think that's probably one of the least weird things about Tarantino. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Yeah, it's, it's honestly. All things considered, people have feet. It's not that weird. Yeah, I, but, I like. Uh, I imagine he's into some weirder shit. Like, if we're going to be honest. Absolutely. Like, fucking lootly. I imagine I don't there's, know. there's some weird things in that closet, and they aren't skeletons, because skeletons would be less weird than the things in the closet. Yeah, um, well said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> available now wherever card games are sold and libraries. Um, and that's it. That's Pulp Fiction, the collectible card game. Oh, oh <laughs> fucking bravo, Peter. That is wonderful. That's one of my favorite spin uh, Well, I don't want to sell Scotty short. I can't really think of all the spin-offs we've done at this point. That is... At this very moment, one of my favorite spinoffs that have been done on the show. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, that's very creative. Good. Oh, man. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> um, bringing back all the Magic the Gathering flashbacks. Oh, yeah. Could be a lot of salient points about that game. Yeah. Some sort of card-based board game could be fun, especially with the chance cards oh, yeah. being like Vincent Vegas bowels. <laughs> and, you know, like you never know. You have to go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's fucking Counterspell. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, you brought the, Sa- the, the 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 Santa Cruz um, gear uh, card. Yeah, it is funny it. reading about that piece of trivia. It's like uh, like where where it's framed is like, yeah, that's not a joke. Santa Cruz's real mascot is the banana slug, and it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it does feel like it's almost a parody. It really does. Like not real. Like it's like oh, but I grew up you know near Santa Cruz. So it's always right, been, yeah, I've yeah. always known it. Mm. But yeah, yeah, you would have to tell someone probably twice. No, no, that's that's real. Yeah, fighting it's kind of great. Slugs. Yeah, because Santa Cruz doesn't have any fucking like official sports teams there's like voluntary sports uh, things like you can go do it which is i just think that's that's one of the best that's why i really like going there it was yeah, like it's a lot of fun spoiler alert that's where peter and i met yeah it is where we met it's so, beautiful yeah. uh yeah yeah there you go hell yeah well fucking a thanks yeah. peter that was that was uh yeah that was refreshing absolutely wonderful uh, and great yeah um because i was thinking of god damn i don't want to sequelize pulp fucking fiction um, yeah, I didn't. A bunch of characters are fucking dead. Yeah, I didn't want. Right, to, like, I yeah. didn't want to either. That's why I. <laughs> Who's that. the through line there? Like, you follow Jules's adventures while he's like not violent. Well, anymore. There is that, but that's that's not the that's same. That's not what you did. Uh, <laughs> same movie. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where's the pup? <laughs> I see the fiction. I'm getting the fiction. I don't know where is the pup. Yeah, the pup's all stuck in my fucking teeth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? I should say, Desmond. Correction, for the record here, um, you were right. They never made Wild Hogs two. We had talked about it. They, oh, it was it was well discussed and it was canned. So it was <laughs> going to be a thing, but they canned the shit out of it. It is not a thing. So I'm not saying we should do Wild Hogs because fuck that. No, we movie. should absolutely do that. It's, it's but it is on the table. It's an extremely. A sadly popular movie. Um, yeah. and it's it's terrible. So, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a while where we've just done something I absolutely flat out hated, and I could kind of get into that. We could, uh, yeah. Uh, we want we'll, the we'll, we'll, we, we'll do one this season, at least. It's just fucking... Let's see how the response is from us doing an actual good movie. Yeah. Uh, I hope this it, one. Uh, that usually uh, goes well, I yeah, feel. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, hope everybody, I hope everybody's having fun and having a good time, because we are about to get into the final segment of this show, and that is... The remake. The remake. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm back again. And our remake today 
Spy Fiction, directed by Martin Campbell, who uh, directed Goldeneye. Oh, oh. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, Casino you. Royale. <laughs> so, uh, he likes to start bonds. Um, ah, <clears throat> we open on a fancy apartment building in Prague at night. A large, bald man in a peacoat enters a building and takes the elevator up. The man walks softly into his apartment door. It's Butch Coolidge, Dave Batista. <laughs> he slowly unlocks the door and enters carefully, as not to be seen or heard. With the lights off, he approaches a small table and grabs a vintage watch sitting upon it. He smirks and begins to head back to the door. The light suddenly flicks on, revealing a man with a raised silenced pistol sitting in an armchair. It's Vincent Vega, Daniel Craig. <laughs> the greasy black hair looks just fucking awful on him. <laughs> M doesn't mind you making a little money on the side, Butch. So long as it's not running off with agency funds. I should have known M would send you after me, Vega. You thought correct. How did you find me? We followed you. Tisk tisk. Never was one for looking behind the shoulder, were you, Butch? Now, are you ready? Vega raises his pistol. Yeah, I'm ready. The two men stand off for a moment, Butch slowly reaching for the gun tucked into his pants. Butch quickly draws on Vega, but before he can get off a shot, Vega shoots him four times in the chest. Vega gets up to inspect his work and takes the watch off the corpse. He thinks for a moment, and unable to come up with a relevant one-liner, he just utters, Bitch. <laughs> Cue retro 60s spy movie intro. Something to the tune of the Peter Gunn theme music, you know. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> Chapter 1. The Briefcase. Vincent Vega boards a plane to Maui. The flight attendant comes around to offer refreshments. Anything I can get for you, sir? Yes, a chocolate milkshake, stirred, not shaken, with a shot of bourbon in it. Mm, well, okay, this is a fucking airplane. We don't have that. How about a screwdriver? You want a screwdriver? How about black tar heroin? <laughs> no! Meanwhile, on the island of Maui, three scummy dudes, Brett, Owen Wilson, Thade, Luke Wilson, and Marvin, Lakeith Stanfield, sit around a penthouse hotel suite awaiting room service. A knock is heard at the door. Brett opens the door enthusiastically. Wow, yeah, come in, yeah. <laughs> Set the food down anywhere, we're famished. The room service concierge enters the room. It's Jules Winfield, Lupita Nyonga, disguised in a waiter uniform with a shitty fake mustache and jerry curl wig. She closes and locks the door behind her, then sets down a couple pizzas. Hey man, what gives? Yeah, yeah, you could leave now. We, we got the food. Jules disposes of the disguise and draws her weapon. Morning, fellas. Why don't y'all sit down? We're going to have a little chat. But first, y'all hungry? Brett and Thade cower in fear. No? Well, would you mind if I would be so bold as to nourish myself with a slice of your delicious pizza? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, well, please, go go ahead. <laughs> Jules helps herself. Hawaiian! Very good. Divisive, I know, but I find the sweet pineapple flavor quite refreshing against the taste of pork or cheese grease. And on theme, too, as we sit here and admire the beautiful view of Maui. Jules begins wolfing down pizza. Say, 
You fellas know where Hawaiian pizza originated? Um, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I believe Ontario. What's your name? Uh, Thade. Look at the big brain on Thade! <laughs> Jules finishes her first pizza pizza, then helps herself to another. Eats the crust first before discarding the rest of it. <laughs> she wipes the grease. <laughs> she wipes her greasy hands on Thade before addressing Brett. You, you know why I'm here? Uh, uh, excuse me, I don't, I don't think I got your name. Uh, your behavior has been quite inappropriate and, and downright rude, to be frank. Jules executes Thade where he stands. Brett watches on in horror. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're here on behalf of Marcellus Wallace. Uh, uh, and that briefcase we definitely didn't try to run off with. You're goddamn right. Now, where the fuck is the briefcase? Jules holds her gun right between Brett's eyes. All of a sudden, a motorcycle engine revs. A dirt bike explodes out the bathroom door. <laughs> the man on it holds the briefcase. He careens out the, out the hotel hallway and into the elevator. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Jules shoots Brett in the head. God damn it, Marvin! You weren't gonna tell me about the motherfucker in the bathroom on a fucking motorcycle? <laughs> man, I don't, I don't even know. What do you want me to tell you? You wasn't there when I got here. Jules grabs Marvin, and the two rappel down the hotel, uh, rappel out the hotel window in pursuit of the briefcase. At the valet, they are intercepted by Vincent, who is just then arriving in a product placement car. Having a little trouble, Winfield. Late as fuck, like always, Vega. Is it the IBS? Shut your mouth and get in. Scotch? Vega swings open his car door and produces a bottle and a few glasses. <laughs> Jules and Marvin pile in and gulp down their drinks. Vega speeds off after the motorcyclist. A high-speed chase ensues throughout the streets of Hawaii. The motorcyclist fire, fires back at the agents with the Uzi. Jules and Vincent flinch while evading gunfire. Marvin, be sure to get your head down! Jules looks back at Marvin. He's been hit. He lays dead, bleeding out. Shit, man! How'd that even not hit me? The chase eventually leads up to an active volcano. With nowhere else to go, the motorcyclist surrenders. Jules walks up and grabs him by the collar holding him over a pit of magma. Burn in hell, you piece of shit. <laughs> Jules lets the man fall to his death into the depth of the fiery volcano. Jules and Vincent look down into the abyss. Well, you were right about one thing, Jules. He looks up and smiles. The negotiations were short. We then have a Star Wars screen wipe. Oh. <laughs> Which one? The one where like that's, four screens come out of like a little spot. I, that's that's directly lifted from the Phantom Menace. Oh. <laughs> the negotiations were a short master. Um, scene. Yeah, right. It's awful. I don't know why that was on my brain. <laughs> that movie's awful. I don't yeah. Know. Uh, <laughs> Agent. Uh, okay. Screen. Uh, scene break with Star Wars screen wipe. <clears throat> Agent Butch Coolidge sits across from M as he briefs him. Let's face it, Coolidge. You've never been the best agent. The collateral damage... Uh, wait, did I, this is Idris Elba. Sorry. Uh. Marcellus is Idris. I, I don't think I included that. I, I apologize. Let's face it, Coolidge. You've never been the best agent. Your collateral damage outweighs any intelligence you gain for us. Your file clear rate is abysmal. You're a brute force, only good for delivering a wallop... But you're the best poker player in the service, Butch. International terrorist banker by the name of Zed. He's wagering his client's funds in a high-stakes poker game in Prague. You need to beat him at his own game and bring him in. 
That's $4.3 billion. If you're even a second late on wiring it back to us after winning, you're a dead man. This is your chance, Butch. Prove yourself. Now get out of my sight. Vega arrives at the agency headquarters. As he goes to see M, he's greeted by Mia, Victoria Beckham, M's personal secretary. Did you bring me back anything from France, Vincent? Of course, Mia. I'd never forget about you. Vincent pulls out a poorly wrapped, days-old fast food burger. He moves in flirtatiously. A royale with cheese. (laughs) Why, Vincent, it's like a metaphor for our relationship. Rotten. She smiles and throws it in the trash. It makes a rock-hard thud. M will see you now. As Vega enters the office, rival agent Coolidge bumps into him on the way out. Two exchange a nasty look for a moment before going about their business. Total alpha bullshit. <laughs> Vincent enters the office and takes a seat. Marcellus Wallace, or M, Idris Elba. Oh, see, there's where I say it. That's because I fucked with the scene order. Spins around in a very large chair to address him. He's holding a very full glass of scotch. <laughs> Vega, my boy. I'll make this brief. But first, how about a drink? Way ahead of you, sir. Vega is already at the minibar, pouring himself a generous three fingers. The men guzzle their whiskey, take a beat, and each pour another. Then they sit down. (laughs) Just so much fucking whiskey to be plowing through. And this happens in movies all the time. It's like, holy shit. They really are just. Oh, you're wasted. (laughs) I I think one of the best. I didn't see you eat before that, so you are drunk. One of the best pulls uh, of whiskey I've seen in a movie is um, um, Eddie Valiant in Roger Rabbit. He takes a big old squig, and it's like one of the few times I recall an actor making a face. He's just like, (laughs) it looks like it was just vile, because it's not not easy. (laughs) We should do a movie where. Where we're like in between scenes when they're supposed to be sipping, just every time they're supposed to take a sip, they just chug an entire bottle. <laughs> we just take our time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's the sound. Uh, the two men guzzle their whiskey, take a beat, each pour another glass, and sit down. It just tastes better when on the clock. <laughs> Indeed, it does. Your mission today will be extraction. Winfield is on assignment in Maui with our confidential informant, Marvin. Retrieving a stolen briefcase I need you to go see to it That that briefcase gets back to me It contains top secret intelligence If it were to get in the wrong hands Well That'd be bad Get Jules and Marvin and get the briefcase Got it Chapter 2 Fox Force 5 Hell yeah As Vega leaves to catch his flight Mia receives a page That evening She speeds home in a fancy, extremely fast product placement car. She goes to a vacant Chuck E. Cheese parking lot, parks in a specific place, calls a number on her phone, and all of a sudden, the spot lowers into an underground lair. She exits the vehicle into a command center of sorts, where she's greeted by Baby, Scary, Ginger, and Sporty. (laughs) Here in this underground lair, the Fox Force 5 assemble. Q, 60s adventure show theme. It's the Fox Force 5, featuring... Posh, knife-throwing expert and master by way of the sword. Don't let her get too close, boys. Scary, demolitions expert, pyrotechnician. She's the killer queen of kerosene. Baby, gadget technician and hacker extraordinaire. Not to mention one hell of a breakdancer. Sporty, the overly aggressive mixed martial artist with a temper and a penchant for killing sparring partners. 
Ginger, with the power to melt. <laughs> I was hoping for it. <laughs> How could you resist? Grateful, grateful. Uh, Today's episode, Zed's Dead, brought to you by Red Apple Cigarettes. <laughs> Smoke them down, kids. Oh, man. There's a deleted scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he's, like, doing an ad for Red Apples. And, like, after the, it, they, they stop rolling, just fucking, God, that's fucking awful. Shit. <laughs> Horrible cigarette. He fucking, like, kicks his little, like, uh, cardboard standee he's got. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, somewhere in the Swiss Alps, we join our five heroes as they infiltrate the nefarious Zed's isolated castle hideout. The Fox Force scale the, uh, scale the estate easily with the use of grappling hooks and ninja gear. Being the gadget goofball of the group, Baby just uses her plunger shoes. All right, ladies. M's gone and got himself kidnapped again. Let's show him what the Fox Force can do. Yeah, but do I get to bait anyone to death? I mean, fuck. Shit, Sporty, probably. <laughs> Sporty bangs her knuckles together and stretches her neck around, spitting on the ground. Once inside the compound, the five sneak their way into the main dungeon, where Zed has M and Butch gagged and tied up above a pit of sharks. These are some hungry sharks. You can tell by the way they lick their lips. <laughs> Zed, Walton Goggins, because of fucking course, you need a redneck piece of shit, yeah. <laughs> paces around in a white suit only a villain could wear and gives some evil speech. Now, I won't feed you two to the sharks either way. Whoever tells me where the money is can have a little shot of lidocaine, all right? It won't feel the bite as much. How's that sound? The two gagged men say nothing, obviously. We'll find. Have it your way. Zed then silent, silently any mini mighty mows the two men, landing on M. Looks like it's fading time, boys. M plummets down to the shark-infested water, but with a quick agile slice, Posh cuts him loose and catches him mid-air. Mia, you son of a gun! Saved my ass again! Probably, well, Mia, Posh, I guess she... <laughs> <laughs> Under a microscope, uh, microscope uh, this doesn't hold up. Uh, but anyway, me and Posh are the same person. Fuck it. Posh is her Fox Force name. Yeah. Yeah. Mia, you son of a gun, saved my ass again. And it won't be the last time, surely. Oh my giddy on, it's the Fox Force 5. Get them, boys. Gimp troopers storm the hideout. <laughs> the foxes take them out one by one. Scary Roundhouse kicks a cooked grenade into a guy, which explodes on contact. Sporty goes all bane on everyone, breaking backs, bashing skulls. It's it's bad. Uh, Posh's blade cuts through the gimps like butter. Baby laser watches through like a line of 20 dudes. Ginger's kind of sitting around fucking melting. I don't know. Uh, finally, it comes down to just Zed. The fox force has cornered him to the edge of the shark pit. You'll never take me alive, Fox Force 5. We don't intend to. Zed then lets himself fall backwards into the pit where he's violently devoured by the very hungry sharks. The now free M looks down at the frenzy. Looks like he disagreed with something that ate him. Everyone laughs, even the still-gagged Butch. <laughs> Corny freeze frame, then TV credits for Fox Force 5 roll. Post credits. But wait, what about him? Baby points at Butch. Marcellus walks over menacingly and suddenly frees him. Butch nods and then runs off into the Alps. Okay, whatever. Bosh! What are you doing, M? He betrayed us! Don't worry. He'll lead us right to where we need to go. 
Some time ago, Butch Coolidge sits in the R&D department of the Armory at MI6. He's given a selection of gadgets from his quartermaster, codename The Wolf, Ed Harris. <laughs> now pay attention, Agent Coolidge. This little doodad will save your life. Seemingly an ordinary watch, correct? Wrong. Contains a microchip linked to your offshore accounts, multiple identities and passports. It serves as essentially a key. Those dumb sons of bitches will have thrown this away with all your other personal effects. They won't know who you are or what you do. Understand me? But at that point, you'd better take your own fucking life with that cyanide pill. Do you understand me? Now go. Butch nods and walks away. Chapter 3, The Watch. Butch sits at the high-stakes poker table in Prague. Dozens of millionaires sweat as the final hands are played. Zed, sitting across from Butch, smirks as if the game is won. Butch plays his hand, a royal flush. The game is won, and the onlookers go wild. Butch gathers his winnings. Zed grabs his arm and whispers, You're dead, you hear me? And you're pretty dog, too. Is that a promise? No one likes a spoil sport, eh, Zed? Butch goes to cash in his money into his account. On the way back to his room, Butch is ambushed. B- Butch. Bush, Butch. Butch is ambushed on the stairs by Zed's thugs. The hulking Butch takes them on easily, dodging machetes, brass knuckles, and eventually sending a man falling to his death in the middle of the stairwell. Butch gets to his room, bloodied and beaten, where he pours himself a fucking large glass of scotch and wipes off his wounds. He's greeted by a beautiful woman, Fabiana, Marianne Cotillard. Cotillard, I don't know. Anyone know? Well, the first way you said Cotillard. it sounds fa- fancy. Yeah, yeah but I, I hate something like that contrived, you know, make it yeah. more, uh, I don't know, uh, whatever. Butch, what happened? Did you win? Oh my goodness, you're bleeding. Yeah, I won the game. If you guys jumped me, you should see them. The two kiss. Now, Fabiana, we have to leave. Now. But don't you have to turn that money into your boss? Fuck that. We're leaving. This could be a new start for us. Did you grab my things? Yes, everything you asked for. Butch violently roots through the duffel bag. Where's the watch, Fabiana? The watch! It's, it's not there? It, it must be. Fuck! That's our lifeline! It's where I'm hiding the money! That's our new life, goddammit! Bush smash, uh, Butch smashes a lamp. It's frightening when anyone does that, but, you know, fucking Batista. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I yelled. Even though I know I illustrated the importance of the watch, people make mistakes. I'll just have to run back to our flat and get it. I'll be back faster than you could say, Marzipan. Marzipan. Come on, you fucking knew what I meant. Butch leaves the hotel room. Fabiana pulls the watch out of her pocket and smirks. She makes a call on a cell phone. <laughs> I've got the watch. No, don't worry. I swapped the one out at the flat. It's a decoy. We have all the money. That stupid son of a bitch is going to get himself killed over a replica. Right. I'll meet you downstairs in 30 minutes. 
Fabiana goes downstairs to the valet, valet area, where she's greeted by Jules Winfield in a sports car. She flashes the watch. Jules smiles devilishly. Well, let's get out of here someplace far away. Hot Wheels Island? Hot Wheels Island. <laughs> the two extremely wealthy women speed off. Jules Winfield will return in Property of a Lady. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, well, weaving a lot of themes of uh, James Bond into there. Oh, which yeah. is, uh, yeah, that's on theme as fuck mm-hmm. for oh, yeah. uh, James Bond. If, we're, uh, <laughs> if, we, if this were a James Bond cast, it'd be very on theme. <laughs> No, uh, but I like to. I like to. to I, I'd like to. Uh, I had a good time taking the Pulp Fiction characters and putting yeah. them in a dumb spy thing. It was no, fun. it was great. It was great. And the whole, uh, yeah, the middle section with the fucking uh, Fox vs. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the pilot. <laughs> right. But the pilot's real. Yeah. Real pilot. <laughs> it's very. The it, reality. It's very real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. And, you know, that about caps off this extremely fucking long episode. Yeah, probably uh, the longest yeah. ever. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's uh, it's a long episode. But, hey, yeah. it was a lot of fun. We took you a lot of places. We, we talked about classic film. Um, we talked about, you know, montage. Talked about juxtaposition. We talked about the Kuleshov effect. We're talking about signs and symbols we're talking we, no we're not talking about any of that we're just talking about having a bombastic fun time at the movies badass shooting up having a good time and there's drug stuff there happening <laughs> um hell yeah guys we'll stay buckled in for the next round of prequel sequel remake also go and check out our youtube channel in living terror where we got prequel sequel replay where we play all the worst movie based video games so you don't have to yeah, we'll have to do the the Reservoir Dogs uh, game eventually. I don't oh, think there's man. a Pulp Fiction one. No, no I looked it up. There's no Pulp Fiction what? game. Well, that would be badass. It would be uh, great. Uh, yeah. What's What's too fucking bad is that there's no Kill Bill game. Ooh, what the that's the one to fuck. Make. That's the yeah. One to make. Well, is the Reservoir Dogs game any good? No. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a terrible I, PS2 I, yeah, shooter. It was really bad. Uh, so there you go. Michael Madsen. He's like, this is shit. Why the fuck with it? I don't want to be attached to this. Michael Madsen repri- does the, reprises the voice role mm-hmm. as um. Oh, sorry, we didn't even talk about the Vic Vega. Oh, right from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, Vince's okay. presumed brother. Right. Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, right. uh, he was gonna make a movie for a second with those two, um, the brothers Vega. But then they, his quote exactly is like, yeah, they got too old. <laughs> well, which is funny. Yeah, but they didn't have the proper de-aging technology that they have. Michael now. Madsen came back, and I'll blast you in half. <laughs> yeah. He came back for the game, and um, that's about it. They didn't get the likenesses to anyone else. Oh, yeah. So no yeah. one looks like they do in the fucking movie. Mm. <laughs> Did they couldn't just? Uh, oh, is there like something against making someone look like? That? I guess. That's yeah, likeness, likeness rights yeah, are like yeah, a big yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah, they are. Huh. You can't just make a fucking toy of anyone. Um, right, right, right. I guess there's a property thing, yeah. property line going in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people are hella weird about it. Like, Luckily, we're a fair use uh, educational podcast, so <laughs> everything we do is, is is above board, and we're we're all good here. Yeah. We are beyond on the level. Uh, Peter, where can they check us out? Oh well, the best place to go to is to prequel sequel remake dot com. Um, but 
If you're listening, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on to, hit that subscribe button or follow and leave us a review and a five-star rating. It really helps. It also helps to know that you're listening and enjoying. And you let us know what you want us to do. So we'll change things accordingly based on feedback. You know, it's is how the process evolves over time. It's how it evolves. Okay? Yeah, I mean, we already have a bunch of plans, but sure, we'll just drop all those plans at the whim of the fans. Because that's what we would do for you. Now, what are you going to do for us? You're going to leave us just five stars? You're going you're gonna to subscribe and, and you're going to rate? Because you better. You better fucking do it. Please. I'm begging. Right, we don't have to beg. Command. <laughs> God uh, damn it. Um, uh, yeah. No, but... Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening and enjoying the podcast. Um, we really appreciate all you guys. Watch your back. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. I tried smoking. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried smoking. Smoking. My urge to smoke. I love to fucking smoke. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking. Aggression, hostility, agitation. So I can smoke two cigarettes at the same time. Ah! Serious side effects may include smoking, which can be life-threatening. I can't tell you how good it feels smoking. Talk to your doctor about smoking.